Shortstop Connection Friday. You know what that means. It's time for episode 17 of You Know What That Means, the AEW podcast. I am your host, Jordan Duncan. This is a very, very good intro. Uh, there might be a bad one that you'll never hear because that has been cut for time. I'm not alone, though, because back from the dead, back from Disney, back from Bucky's, back from all over the world is my good friend, Andrew Reach. Andrew, welcome home. Oh, hi. Yeah, I um, I drove back from Disney uh, before it got canceled. Like, it's, you know those movies where it's like the, like the, the, the cliff with the visual effects where the roof is, like the, the ground is collapsing and they're yeah. driving away from it? Like, yeah. that's, I guess that was me leaving Orlando. No. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm back for episode 17. I took a break for 16, just like Steve Austin did for the WrestleManias. And, oh, okay. Um. Uh, so like so I guess the last episode was Steve Willie, which I loved. That that was episode two thousand. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, the first time a heel went over. We had Steve win at the end. So yeah. Well, I remember? Well, I don't know. Depending on who who you were cheering for, seventeen, the greatest WrestleMania. Do you think it's the greatest WrestleMania ever? You know, I have a soft spot for thirty, man. Which you were there for live. I maybe because Daniel. Show. Yeah, because Brian Danielson's like one of my top three all time. I, I think 30 is really, really high up there. I, and I have a soft spot for 19. 19 yeah, 19 came to my mind, too, like with Lesnar Angle. Uh, that mm-hmm. was a great one. Um, and then, is it 21 or 22 that's sneaky good? 20, 22's the one in Chicago. 21's the one in L.A. Yeah, I think it's 22 that I'm thinking of that's that's pretty darn good. Uh, yeah, but tw- and, of course, 20, which, you know, we can't talk about anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, 17 ended kind of with a heel going over that's, i guess yeah that's true you know. yeah but the he is that the fans really really loved him though a heel that so i guess so you know. so we have a lot to live up to this needs to be the greatest you know what that means episode of all time yeah and it can never be topped right i mean speaking of heels going over if we want to tweet out uh our podcast episode we might have to uh get permission from <laughs> lord elon you know <laughs> all we, elon we are, musk <laughs> we are we are all elon yeah. <laughs> We are all. What's that? Um, what's that? Uh, oh man, oh, Ultron. Remember how Ultron's like? We are Ultron. Yeah, we, <laughs> we are, are all Elon. Elon. <laughs> oh my gosh! I think you, know, you just cracked the code, man. I, I actually did some digging for the show. Yeah, and I wanted to look. Okay, has because Elon Musk? If you look at his tweet history for the, I mean, obviously, if you're not hiding under a rock, Elon Musk bought Twitter for forty-four billion dollars. Yeah, uh, that's all. Yeah, that, that's it. It's free they, in the App Store, by the way. World, world hunger and um, and all those other problems. They can wait. <laughs> yeah, back burner. We need to buy that tweet machine. Yeah. But um, but I looked up his history and I was trying to figure out because he's tweeted a lot over the last maybe like more frequently over the last five years. Mm-hmm. But he's been on there since 2010, and I was trying to figure out, okay. Ha- does he like wrestling at all? Like, if he can control, <laughs> because wrestling Twitter controls all. Like, yeah. I know that there's wrestling Facebook. I know there's wrestling YouTube trolls in the comments, but wrestling Twitter is everything. Yeah. Like, they are the lifeblood of what we all know about professional wrestling, and or at least in the today's age, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, if Elon controls the masses, who can he send the bots to? Can he kill the bots that Tony Khan is like? like sworn to uh defend his company against that he was complaining about that you and steve talked about on the last show or will he just like uh just take the money and go big with with vince i mean i I, so i looked it up 
he never brings up professional. He never brought up professional wrestling once in his mm. any of his tweets. So I don't really know what his allegiance is. He's I like, bet, I will say this though. I know his burner account is Big Boys Play WCW. So lots oh. of wrestling chatter on that one. If you want to give that a follow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like AEW and Elon Musk, they do have one thing in common. They were both unintentionally spoken into existence <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. You showed me the screenshots of that. You know, most people know the famous story where Dave Meltzer said there's no way uh, someone could sell out 10,000 seats. And Cody Rhodes said, I'll take that bet, Dave. Well, Andrew sent me a screenshot of Elon Musk saying, I love Twitter on December 21st, 2017. And a guy named Dave Smith said, you should buy it then. And Elon, this is five years ago almost, wrote, how much is it? $44 billion. That's yeah. the answer. In I should related have written, news. You know what I should do? I should re- I should reply to that and say, it's $44 billion. <laughs> Take it or leave it. In, in I, just related- love that, I just love the fact, Jordan, that the guy who caused basically like the Franz Ferdinand of this situation is named Dave Smith. Yeah. The most, <laughs> Not the most, Davey Boy Smith. Talk about a bot name. <laughs> He's got a check mark though. I, you know what? Elon put that check mark in postscript. Yeah, and he looks kind of like Louis C.K. Honestly. Yeah, he looks like uh, he looks like Smart Mark Sterling. Oh yeah, he <laughs> does. Yeah. Um. By the way, related news: I purchased Parlor for seven dollars today. <laughs> so. Oh, we're, we're, are we going with this new running? The new running? Our continuous running gag about news? Yeah, there might be other per- might be other apps up for Elon grabs. Musk. Right throughout the episode, but Andrew, uh, honestly, is it is it going to be a change because it's being privatized and owned by one person, and you're going to turn it into his personal Wall Street Journal? Yeah, I guess, but I don't think it's like the end of civilization, Jordan. Like, no, is it election related for 2024? Possibly, sure. You know, because he wants to monetize it. Like you talked about AEW buying Ring of Honor, you're not going to buy it just to put it on your fucking shelf. You're going to make money off of it, right? He's going to find a way to monetize it. My, my thing that I think is funny is there's people who are heralding him as like the savior of all free speech, and I'm like Fuck he's just another. I'm like he's just another billionaire, and then there's people who are like, you know, crucifying him as the villain of all free speech. I'm like, well, he's just another billionaire. Either way, a billionaire bought something from a billionaire. Like <laughs> we're still the poor schlubs. Yeah, but speaking of uh, speaking of incredibly rich corporations uh, bleeding money out, I went to Disney World the other week, <laughs> and um, I had a great time. I did not catch any dark, unfortunately. I don't even think they were there at Universal Studios. Not that I was there anyway. Um, the only thing that was kind of strange is that we – have you ever been to a store called Bucky's? I've heard of it, but I've never been. It's a southern thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a southern wrestling thing. So it's just basically a – very incredibly fancy gas station convenience store like extremely good it is redneck disney world so (laughs) and they're they're bucky the beaver is all elite so the funniest thing is so i'm watching the live rampage that you and steve did a great job of previewing Mm -hmm. along with the battle of the belts which was another yeah and um ratings wise too yeah yeah and um so it's live pal and i'm watching it on my phone and I stop at Bucky's and I look at the opening shot uh, of the live rampage. I think it was in Pittsburgh, and uh, mm-hmm. and guy has a Bucky shirt on the front. Huh. I'm like, of course. Or was? Oh wait, no. I'm sorry. It was in Garland, Texas. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Yeah, that makes more sense. So of course the Texan was wearing a Bucky shirt, but uh, yeah, di- <laughs> because they're they're Southern Belt stores. Yeah, the the past Dynamite was uh, out of uh, 
Pittsburgh because we had Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth making appearances. Yes, uh, Penn State, right? Yeah, Penn State for one. Yeah, and he plays for the Steelers too. Yeah. So he went to the Steelers and Najee Harris. I think he's from California. He's weird. He went. He's from California. He mm-hmm. played at Alabama and now he's with the Steelers. Yeah. And uh, he had. If you're a fantasy football player, he had a great season. Um, the Steelers kind of stunk, but you know. Whatever. Anyways, uh, let's talk AEW. How's that sound? Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> so, no, I did see the Rampage live in the car uh, driving home, so I was still working while not working. Gotcha. Hopefully you weren't typing into the note sheet while driving. That could be No, no. Uh, oh, no, I was riding shotgun. Oh, okay. Awesome. I was... So, Andrew, I think, you know, we've talked about Twitter a little bit. We've talked about trolls. Uh, the wrestling Twitter has its fair share of trolls and it goes on both sides but there's a lot of people who if you speak positively about AEW will kind of crucify you and mock you for it have you have you encountered any of these people sometimes yeah. like if i'll say something that's very pro AEW sometimes you'll get those couple of this absolutely happens with college football if i yeah. put in something that's like not necessarily pro LSU but anti some other school they'll come right after you i remember i wrote something that criticized um uh, how alabama's head basketball coach the moment he got a big time job at duke or something he was going to leave and i literally got three replies within an hour of how stupid i was wow. and how lsu is going to amount to nothing which is funny because i put no description of lsu on my bio yeah which means that which means that somebody looked at my history my comment history to make sure oh let me vet this guy see oh <laughs> lsu let me go let me go with all my lsu joke book and <laughs> right right it's it's got to be bots right. huh yeah, I think I think Tony Khan's onto something, but uh, I, I think sometimes you know when you're a fan of something, whether it's AW or WWE or any promotion, people say that you're just like overwhelmingly positive, uh, you know. So I thought we could dispel that myth. If anyone listens and says, "Oh, these guys, all they do is all they do is praise AEW. Why aren't they ever critical of it?" Uh, let's start by showing that we can be that because uh, a little over a week ago now. Uh, at the time of taping, AEW debuted a guy by the name of Satnam Singh. I um, remember him because he played in the NBA. He was the first Indian-born NBA player. Well, you might be the only person who remembered him <laughs> besides Tony <laughs> Schiavone. <laughs> uh, there's a phrase that says something went over like a fart in church. This is like having diarrhea in church, man. <laughs> so I'll set the stage for anyone listening. Who Don't genuflect. Keep, yeah, who did? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That ain't holy water, pal. Just stay where you're at. <laughs> but Don't uh, go up for communion. For those, If you're not in the Catholic Church, you're getting none of these jokes. Yeah, but, right. uh, <laughs> you're going to go Protestant because that way you don't have to do the kneeling. So, <laughs> um, But what was happening was Samoa Joe was facing Minoru Suzuki for the Ring of Honor TV title. Uh, real stiff match. Lots of heavy chops. Both of them just puffy red chest. This was the main event in the New Orleans Dynamite, yeah, right? main event of Dynamite that you could have been at if you weren't in Disney. Uh, yeah, you know, I thought about that, and I saw it. It was a good show. We'll talk about more down the uh, as we talk, but, you yeah. know, whatever. Right. You miss it, you miss it. Right, exactly. So Joe wins the title from Suzuki, which I think people saw coming. You know, Suzuki, uh, even though he's still stateside, he was actually just, uh, he was at the Game Changer show here in Detroit that I missed. Uh, he fought too close Scorpio over the weekend. And he, and he beat QT Marshall on Dark Elevation. Yeah, I saw that, too. I saw that just today, actually. Um, but Joe wins the Ring of Honor TV title, which I think makes sense. He's a debuting guy. Uh, he's got the Ring of Honor history. 
And then Jay Lethal came out. We talked about the big surprise that he had promised for Joe. And the first surprise he gave me I thought was kind of funny. He had a box. <laughs> he opened it up, and he just just his middle finger sticking out. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> kind of funny. He just hyped something that wasn't there and it trolled. And then the lights went out, and they came back on, and this big seven-foot-tall Indian guy is standing in the ring. Nobody knows who he is. Tony Schiavone goes into overdrive, screaming who he is. And... It's every bit of great Kali that you'd expect. You know, I, I don't know if that's like insensitive to make that comparison because they're both Indian, but I'm talking body movements. It was Kali like um, mm -hmm. the slow clothesline, the vice grip. It was bad, his man. Head like a basketball, which makes sense, I guess, because if you yeah. want to give him a signature move since he's a former basketball player. You yeah. Know. But I, I think it was a. I think it was a bad, bad moment, and I think that AEW, uh, that Tony Khan rightly admitted it. Uh, some people, you know, gave him some crap because he kind of shifted it off on a different writer, but he didn't call anybody by name, so I don't think he really buried anybody. Yeah, like, he said something to the nature, and I'm not going to, I don't want to point fingers, but you can't help but rampantly speculate, because that's what we're good at. Sure. Is, um, is that he said somebody with 30 years, I think it was Arne Anderson. Yeah. Who probably suggested it. Yeah, and he probably couldn't call him by name because Arn had a gun to his head. <laughs> <laughs> yes, armed Anderson. Armed, armed <laughs> Anderson. Said, brother, you better not you better not call me up. You better turn name. those lights out. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean this is a, a moment Can we that, retire lights out? Can we yeah. retire that please? Yeah, yeah I mean th let's save that for the House of Black and nobody else. You know? Yeah. Like let's make that their thing. But yeah, uh, for anyone who thinks that like people just love AEW no matter what they do, this is pretty much universally crapped on. Um, everybody hated it. I almost feel bad for Satnam Singh because he was in a situation like he didn't look. Yeah, he didn't look good, but man, they put him in a spot where he wasn't going to be well received. So I don't know. Uh, you brought up something today that I thought was interesting. Uh, Brandon Thurston kind of mentioned it like tongue in cheek about. You know, AEW needs to have some bad shows to balance out the good ones. But you talked about, you know, the possibility of, you know, that can be a good thing sometimes. You know, uh, sometimes disappointment is good because it reminds you that you're not perfect. Expand on that a little bit. So, yeah, and it's hard to – man, this is going to sound really – it's going to sound really weird. Like, I, I remember – like, I remember, like, certain, like, sports teams where yeah. – like, I'll give you an example. Like, um – the Chicago Bulls when they were uh, seventy-two and ten. Yeah. What people don't remember is they lost because uh, I, I also host the NBA team with Adam Murray, so <laughs> I always devolve back to basketball. Um, they lost twice to the Raptors, yeah, th who were um, not good the, back then. The Raptors were an expansion team and they were terrible. They lost one year. They lost in Toronto the the seventy-two year win season. And then they lost again the sixty-nine win season. What's the point? The point is that sometimes it's okay to get a. A dumb loss. It's yeah. okay. Does it happen? Can you go perfect? No. Is AEW perfect? We just tried to illustrate that at the start of the show to try to calm the trolls down. No. <laughs> like, AEW does not do everything perfectly. Like, we're going to probably talk about a lot of things on certain shows with certain characters that you and I have not really liked. You and Steve talked about certain things that you really didn't care for that much. Like, yeah. I thought he made a good point about Keith Lee's um, um, physique. And yeah. how it, he seems a little slow, like, yeah. and so like, there's not everything is perfect. You can you put him in better positions? Can you do the Paul Heyman thing where you accentuate the positives and hide the negatives? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. The problem is like just for this one specific segment, the close with uh, Satnam Singh. That's this did not hide the negatives. Like this no. was one. Yeah. They they rolled him out to die, and it was like 
man, like, this is going to be hard to recover from. But, the, but, like, you were trying to say and expound on it is it's okay to have a bad segment. Is it, is it, is it something that could – as long as it's not something that is, like, permanently damaging to the characters, the performers, or ratings trends themselves, like the finger poke of doom in WCW. Right. Or I'm trying to think of, uh, like, uh, the Shockmaster. I don't even know what the ratings were back then. But, like, the Shockmaster was dead from the start. Yeah, DOA, yep. Yeah, yep. when he belly flopped. And I'm sure there's a million other examples like that where it's just – it's not going to work because it just didn't debut right. Um, oh, Booker I, T and Buff Bagwell, the WCW match on on That's a on great Raw. point. Yeah. Another one that Arn Anderson was a part of. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you got a gun in your head, you can't do much. But, um, <laughs> the, but you know, like, like all experiments, you do have to have a control, like a balance. So. Sure. There's got, like, a pH balance. Like, there's going to have to be some parameter of, like, what's good and what's bad. Because if you just start believing to, you know, to paraphrase that none of your shit stinks, then you're just going to throw everything out. This happened to WCW, where they just started throwing stuff out there. Because mm-hmm. they just, and WWF did this, too, after the uh, after Nitro went away, where they just thought everything they did was perfect. So they just, they would just put in, put out bad, crappy segments with crappy characters just because they knew the fans were going to eat it up until they didn't right now we're not at that point of the until they didn't stop until they stopped watching with AEW. i feel like there there's a lot of trust building that's already been put into the product and people are on board so you don't want too many of these belly flops but i do think jordan that some of these things it is good there is such thing as like i was saying the sports analogy as a good loss right. well like um, the way i view but, it too is like okay you're you're a big march madness guy in a way, you don't want to be the team going into the tournament on a 20-game win streak. Or undefeated, right. Yeah, yeah. you almost want Too to have pressure. that loss mid-February, you know, to, to, to remind yourself, okay, we're human, we can fail. Because then if you have no adversity and you get punched in the mouth in the second round, you might not be able to regroup or, or rebound from that. Yeah, and it's and it's not sports. Like, we can script this. Sure. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of scripted programming and Turner is going... Bye-bye. But um, not AEW, thank God, at least for now. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. But um, the thing that, like, pro wrestling is kind of, it's so different from movies and television, scripted programming. Yeah. But it does, the, it's, the advantage is if you have a bad ending, you can always make up for it. Why? There's another show. Right. You know, there's no off season. So we can always try to plug the holes and fix it. You hope that's the case with Satnam Singh and Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt and um. Samoa Joe, where they can sort of not rectify anything, but try to course correct. Right. Um, but then the disadvantage is, even if you like Jordan, even if you do a match that's perfect, like you can't do it better, there will always be that fan base because there's always more shows after of like, oh, what are you going to do now? Right. Oh, you, you, if you did that better, how about you do it again? Right. Like, and there's always that like fear, that fear in the back of your mind, and I have this fear all the time. I've had this fear with AEW from the start. Of like, man, can they keep this going? Mm-hmm. Like, we were joking about WrestleMania 17. Like, can AEW keep it going for 17 years? I'm the kind of crazy person that thinks that stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, but um, but you do think about like that's a fear that all wrestling promoters have. So you always want to say, oh, we'll we'll just let it play out, you know. And right. I know people make fun of that too because some people think WWE has master plans, and it turns out they actually don't. Right. But, <laughs> right. Or it's sometimes okay they fall like, backwards into success. It's okay yeah. to ride by the seat of your pants, too. It's okay to course correct. Yep. I do wonder, though, if Tony Khan did 
cave to hive mindedness where a lot of these people not these people but almost all the wrestling fans just went on busted open or podcast or fightful or blah 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 and just or north south and just said this is terrible this is garbage like this how could you do this and he immediately reacted with yeah i know it was wrong you know what i would almost love tony khan to say he should have said you know what i'm a I'm going to try to make this better, but I'm not deviating from my plan. Yeah, That's what well, I wish. And said. you know what? The thing is, I, I think he kind of mm, hedged in between there because he didn't bury Singh. He more basically said, you know what? We shouldn't have done the lights out thing. You know, so he admitted to the presentation being wrong, but he didn't do it at the expense of his talent. You know, because Tony had nothing negative to say about Satnam Singh. And granted, he looked bad. And I mean, anybody can improve. Like I said, the Kali comparison, I'm sure I'm not the only person who made that. Uh, or Eligante, you know, but he was signed a year ago. Right. So clearly, like people like QT Marshall, maybe, or I'm not sure who other trains, Jerry Lynn, maybe, Arn Anderson, maybe some of them have seen him behind the scenes in the practice facility or whatnot, and said this guy can really do it if he starts to pick up some, if he starts to pick up the te- techniques, like Jay Cargill. Right. Jay Cargill gets. I just watched her match with Marina Shafir. Better every time I see her. Right. I you also know? think too. We need to remember this is actually like a Ring of Honor feud. <laughs> so <laughs> they might still be like wondering, they might still be trying to figure out what Ring of Honor is going to be. I you agree know? with that. And if Ring of Honor becomes their NXT, then that's where you put a guy like Satnam Singh. You, you know? I think you have a point. This is a Ring of Honor storyline. Right. Like, this is not something that sort of reverberates in, or bleeds into yeah, we're what's going on with the Fox this and what's Dynamite going on with often. FTR right, yeah, and right. CM Punk. This is kind of in their own little fishbowl and may and if you can create a brand out of it like they aw and tony khan probably would like to do so they could as we had mentioned monetize ring of honor into something awesome like that that just creates another revenue stream it creates another interesting like set of storylines with other talents that might not get as much blow on what already feels like incredibly not loaded shows in terms of like oh my god look at all the great matches just like so much like right. it's hard to get everybody in so maybe I think Steve Willie said this before um, on main event and on last on the last show is like it's a good release valve mm-hmm. um, and maybe they can start churning it that way with this new version of Ring of Honor um, if this is the top few to kick it off. You didn't kick it off right. It's right. like having a kickoff and you freaking kicked it out of bounds. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or you kicked it right into the referee's nuts, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's shift course. Um, we just wanted to we wanted to start with that to show, hey, listen, we are an AEW podcast and I believe that we are both pro AEW. We're fans. Um but we're not fanatic in the sense that if they have a bad show, they have a bad show. I don't think that was a bad Dynamite overall. I thought it was a bad ending to a decent Dynamite. I thought the matches in Dynamite in New Orleans were very good. Yeah. I mean, that was Punk and Penta, right? That was a, yeah, it looked like a heck Punk of a wrenched match. his knee. Yeah. That was a heck of a match. I mean, but, you know, when your show ends on a sour note, that tends to be all what people remember. That's what you always I, you I always say that about movies. Like, I always say this about The Usual Suspects. The Usual Suspects overall is kind of a boring movie. Yeah, but it's got that twist, man. It's got the ending, exactly. Yep. That's what you need. Yep. So, and this is more the opposite. The Unusual Suspects, yeah, Tottenham Singh. I've always felt this way about pay-per-views. Not everybody believes this certain theory of, like, what makes a great show. I feel like you got to finish strong. Like, yeah. if you have a great oh, main event, that fixes everything. Yep, I agree. I agree. Uh, but we just mentioned him for a second there. Let's talk about CM Punk because uh, uh, 
Adam uh, Adam Page, the Hangman, has successfully defended his title against Adam Cole, and that program seems to be uh, complete. That chapter, that story is written. Uh, Hangman Page, the Fighting Champ, continues on, and it looks like his uh, opponent at uh, Double or Nothing. That's our show coming up, correct? Double or Nothing. Yeah, it's going to be double or nothing. Yeah, looks um, like CM Punk. I mean, CM Punk has outright said, "I'm coming for the gold," and uh, they had a stare down last week. And he's doing the discount double yeah, check. Yeah, discount double check. Uh, hopefully, he's not taking any horse uh, tranquilizer or horse paste or whatever it is. Tra- or uh, ivermectin. Yeah, no, yeah. no uh, I don't know if you remember this, but I mean, I, we don't have to get into this. But um, CM Punk, I remember, wore a pro-abortion shirt. Um, during one of the the dynamite episodes, so he's clearly he's clearly a well. Democrat. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that, was, that tracks. <laughs> yeah. So and I kind of remember, remember the shirt. I, remember I don't remember what the, it said, but I kind of remember what you're talking. And about. And I remember a very awkward moment during the quarantine episodes of WWE backstage where he called out the people who were in Charlottesville. Oh. Okay. I. I it, it, it was just really weird. <laughs> so what we're saying is he is not uh, an Aaron Rodgers fan, which tracks because he's a Chicago guy. He would probably hate the Packers anyways. So. Uh, yeah, I, I don't care about Aaron Rodgers. They just gave him a, a bazillion dollars, and then they had to trade their best wide yeah, receiver. Here's all it. your money, but uh, you get to throw it to nobody. Maybe we'll bring Jordy Nelson back. Or Sondam Singh. But yeah, like CM Punk, like, um, inching for a title, not a discount double check. And here comes Hangman down the aisle after. Now, Punk's been on a bucket list where it feels like he's just like, yeah. you know what? I didn't wrestle this guy yet. Let me give him a shot. You know, let me give this guy a shot. I thought the match with Dustin Rhodes was yeah. terrific. I was stunned it, to find out that they'd never crossed paths in WWE. Me too. Like, I, I, thought, thought, I thought the ECW sure Punk and, run would have. I would've. thought for sure him and Goldust wrestled once. Yeah. yeah. Well, even too, like I mean, the straightish society, there would be like a perfect, like little mini thing is Goldust with his, with Dustin Rhodes, you know, very public uh, past, you know, like. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised that they they never wrestled before. Heck of a match too, um, and so was the match with Penta. Um, Penta did a good job in the sense that I... Punk is very popular, but. It doesn't make people boo who he's in the ring with. It, they, they just like both guys. So you have the dueling I, he, chance. He is in that early 2000s Shawn Michaels phase uh-huh. where no matter what, they're just not going to boo CM Punk. Right. But like, what I'm saying is they're also not going to boo the other guy because they love Punk. They're oh, just going to yeah, say, we like you both. You know. Well, not, well, he's also does a good job, and I think Punk's always – um, use this as one of his best traits of just ex- accentuating the other guy. Like, yeah. he just knows how to make the other guy look good. Right. And he doesn't do it by, like, overselling or, like, making him, like, the Seth Rollins thing where he just makes everything look good. No disrespect to Seth Rollins. He's really good at making other guys look good. Punk does it, like, within the context of the match. Like, well, Rollins... Dustin, Dustin Rhodes look like a veteran Rollins makes you know. guys look good at selling because he legitimately hurts them off <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah um, so uh punk is officially going for the gold so I, I think this is cool because I think this is Paige's first like I mean he had the the Brian Danielson stuff but that felt like uh, just a couple exhibitions. There wasn't a, that was a quick heater off of yeah. the Kenny win. So you were like, no way, he's dropping it right after. Right, like, you so, do that. And, and even though Adam Cole, I think, has been booked really strong, that that feud didn't feel like anything that Paige could sink his teeth into that much. Uh, so I'm I'm optimistic that this is like a really good program for. And also the unpredictability, like when it comes to like, let's say this is the main event of Double or mm-hmm. Nothing. Let's just like go out on a limb. Sure. And it I don't be. know who's going to win. Yeah, because you could go either way. Yeah. 
um, because I, I think it makes sense for Punk to win. I think it makes I think it makes more sense to keep the belt on Adam Page because Punk doesn't need it. Whereas if Page loses now, I think that uh, diminishes his character a little bit. But it, it kind of like seals <clears throat> him in the glass ceiling, right? Right, exactly. Um, and we've seen that uh, Tony Khan is willing to have, and it, maybe more importantly, than Tony Khan is that Punk and Danielson are willing to lay down for these guys. Uh, Danielson got beat by Page. Punk got beat by MJF. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not like this isn't Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash running roughshod over the backstage in 1997. You and Steve talked about that with Wheeler Yuta and John Moxley. Yep. Like John Moxley <clears> won <throat> the match, but like a Bret Hart, Steve Austin scenario. You can win the match, but if you make the other guy look good, it's just as good as winning. Right. You know? Yeah. So, and of course, I, I feel like we get to this disclaimer about 20 minutes into every episode. We tape on a Tuesday. We drop on a Friday. So there's a dynamite that's kind of uh, almost a mysterious dynamite to us that you, the listener, have already seen. So I'm guessing we've had some sort of promo uh, face-to-face on dynamite uh, between Punk and Page that we won't be able to talk about for two more weeks. Um, Punk is doing color commentary for one of the matches that we'll talk about mm -hmm. between Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. (laughs) But, yeah, he's going to be there because, you know, Brett is always right. Yep. By the way, did you see that one? I was just going to say, uh, Brett signed with WWE. (laughs) He has, like, a on-the-side lucrative deal with WWE. Basically, I call it the Rhino deal. And the reason I call it that is because in 2019... Rhino gave an interview where he left WWE and he told a story in an interview that they basically offered him a bunch of money with no intention of actually wrestling, like working him Hmm. because they didn't want him to go to AEW. So I always call it the Rhino deal, giving these legends these deals just so they don't go to AEW. And that's what Bret Hart got. Interesting. Okay. Honestly, I feel like that might be a little bit of blessing in disguise for AEW. I think that, I think that Brett on the mic would not be as awesome as some of his fans might expect. You know? I think it's I think it's better in theory than in practice. Yeah, I still think we might see a yeah. Brett appearance with this Owen tournament, like a, at the very least a Brett appearance. But you know, anyways, uh, so we got Punk Page, and we're pretty much in the very beginning chapter of it. Uh, they're gonna face off a double or nothing. Do we think that it's a quick, short, four-week thing, or do we think this extends into a multi-match uh, scenario? What do you What do you think that, there? That's interesting. I think it. I think because Punk's uh, approach to all storytelling is basically long form, just like he did with MJF. Now, sure. like this feud with MJF can continue because yeah. they one got a win, one got another. But you can always put it in your back pocket by telling a great story, like they did, and and go back to it. But stories end. And you have to move on to something different. Like, can Punk do this and just kind of get out of the way of it really quickly if he doesn't win the championship? Sure. But I feel like there is intention in everything he does. There's a lot. I do feel like he has this renewed ambition. Um, So I think he really likes this, like, old man and the gun type of storyline where it's like. Last gunslinger type deal. This is my last dance. Like, he had his first dance. What if this is the last one? You know, so, like, I think there is some symmetry there. I don't think it will necessarily be over double or nothing is my short answer yeah i think i agree with you i mean just because double or nothing is only like at this point four or five weeks away like that and they haven't even faced off like they haven't even spoken on tv yet like they haven't come to blows even and, and they didn't need to when they faced off you could feel it in the crowd oh, yeah. They were yeah. in pittsburgh they were all in it <clears throat> 
But what I'm saying is, we basically only got the prologue. We haven't even really gotten into the story of the feud yet. So, right, um, there'll be more in the mystery dynamite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, if we're here, if you're listening on a Friday and CM Punk is now the AEW Heavyweight Champion, <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, Andrew, just, well, this just in. CM Punk just tweeted he bought MySpace. Oh, wow. Can he get all those songs back that were lost? <laughs> yeah. Can he get me my glittery page layout back? I don't, I don't know if you heard this story, but supposedly when Justin Timberlake bought it, they didn't save all the information on MySpace, and like a lot of songs that were made on different profiles were like gone forever. Wow. And all these people were like, I'm so mad. All these millions of songs are gone. I'm like, no, you didn't want to hear any of those songs. Right, <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> MySpace is weird in the sense that it still exists, but it's such a token joke that like people think it's gone. But if you were to go to it, it looks nothing like what MySpace is. You know it would be hilarious like. if, if when Elon Musk relaunches Twitter, it looks just like MySpace. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he should just wear a white shirt and like be facing away but turned towards us. Like That should be his new profile picture, like the Tom from MySpace. <laughs> it's just Elon Musk. That is to be his profile that should picture. be the april fool's day joke I oh mean. gosh that'd be great <laughs> but um but yeah like the funniest thing about myspace is that wrestlers had myspaces and this was pre-facebook really like yeah, so oh, yeah this was, like really like i remember edge had one where he was like surfing <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was like from his real house from his real home in north carolina and he like i'd like post on his wall I'm like hey how you doing <laughs> that's awesome wow that is so cool primal age social media global village that might be a that might be a, a question you know we get into our question section maybe not tonight but uh we i could throw a couple wrestlers at you and you tell me who you think their top eight myspace friends would have been <laughs> oh well samoa joe and maybe seven or maybe like seven other people with with fake boobs instead of real ones <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so let's uh move along because despite the fact that we've got a new world title feud i think there's even bigger news um that uh, came out of the last couple weeks. Uh, Tony Khan made an appearance, had a huge announcement, and sometimes these announcements aren't all that huge. Uh, I think this one was a big deal because he brought out the president of New Japan to announce. Actually, they Adam Cole kind of stole the announcement from them. <laughs> uh, well, let, Jordan, we talked about this, and we know why. Because when Tony Khan did the Ring of Honor announcement... It was like the Nintendo 64 video where the little kid is like so excited. <laughs> Nintendo 64! <laughs> like, and remember when he did the thing where he introduced Samoa Joe and he has this like look on his face like he's like, like, like he's at the Mardi Gras parade? <laughs> Listen, you know, it's what? because he knows somewhere in the arena Arn Anderson has a gun pointed at him at all what times. What I'm trying to say is Tony Khan trying to put over a huge announcement yeah. himself yeah. is not might not look great so he wanted cole to basically clean it up and legitimize right. it so they did this kayfabe thing where it's like i'm interrupting this right uh thing to be a heel but i'm also going to announce the big announcement type and that thing. big announcement is that in june uh they'll be back in chicago at the united center again uh but not by themselves because forbidden door uh we'll talk about that name in just a second AEW and new japan are working together on a super show um yeah it's called forbidden door uh, I'm not a big fan of the name. How about you? No, yeah. I don't like it. I mean, I get, I, I I get like, that it's a phrase. I feel like we need at least five more words. Yeah. Like, if it's big, we need, to, we need the title to be bigger. Right, right. I mean, some, something like like the old WCW show Collision in Korea. That was such a cool name for kind of a meh show. Like, I think you could come up with a cooler yeah. name than Forbidden Door. But You know what's funny? I don't think anyone in North Korea has ever seen that show. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I'm going to be careful what I say. But if we could talk to any of our North Korean... If any of our North Korean friends are listening, Kim Jong-un cannot dunk a basketball. (laughs) I repeat, he cannot dunk a basketball. (laughs) You've been lied to. Uh... (laughs) But yeah, so we've got a New Japan AEW Super Show, uh, and of course, I think the speculation as a fan is let's do some dream match scenarios. Give me um, your first wild guess right off the top of your head the moment you saw um, Ojani go out there. Or, what was his, I, t- I think I just called him Ojani. Ojani yeah. <laughs> Ace. What was it? What's, what's his name? Ojani. Well, Johnny Ace did work. Well, he worked at All Japan. I don't think he ever worked at New Japan. Yeah, no, he's but, the All um, Japan booker for years. Um, what's the name? Of the, what's the guy's name? I don't I'm know. Sorry, I, I know who Otani? you're Otani. Yeah. No, Otani is. Uh, it, it could be. There's a wrestler, Shinjiro Otani, who actually is. Uh, I believe he was paralyzed a couple weeks ago in a match. Um, but uh, I don't know what his name okay, is. Okay, Takami Obari. Oh, Takami Obari. Pre- okay. President and CEO. I do like the fact that Tony Khan did have to make sure that he didn't just say the name. Because people are like, let me introduce this guy. And I'm like, who's that? Right. And then, But he made sure it was the CEO of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Made sure to get King of Sport over. What if it was Sonny Ono? What if Sonny Ono would come out? <laughs> <laughs> that means Eric Bischoff's not far behind with right? the Ninja Star Wars. Man, uh, I saw an Eric Bischoff video, and he looks bad, man. He he sounds old. He looks old. Anyways. Well, you're in South Dakota just kind of hanging out <laughs> farming with your dogs all the time and riding right? your Harley. I mean, going fishing all the time. Or Wyoming. Where is he at? Wyoming? I don't know. I don't... Somewhere where you got to drive 30 miles just to get milk. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to inflation, I mean, I don't know if that's going to be happening anytime right. soon. But um, right. <laughs> I have to go thirty miles just to get gas. But um, <laughs> but anyway, so when um when Obari came out, what was your very first match? And you that just thought, first like match? Your... Yeah, I didn't have a first match. I had a first guy. That's Okada. Uh, and the match. Now I think a lot of people think, oh, Okada Kenny again. I thought about Okada Punk. Okay. That was that was mine. Okada versus Punk. And I know a lot of people are telegraphing it already. We can get it out of the way. Oh, Punk's going to win the title for Hangman, so he'd be champion and Okada's champion since yeah, see, he I don't just beat so. um, Will Ospreay. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that's a little too much telegraphing. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. Um, but that was my thought was Okada Punk. Um, although, actually, the match I would like to see is Punk versus Kenta. GTS versus GTS. Yes, and I th- and Kenta has put out put that out there that he oh has he to cool. cool yeah and I'm basic I thought of Kenny the first thing I yeah. thought of oh my God Kenny Omega's gonna do this and they might you know <laughs> Kenny Omega sees Japanese wrestler he's like huh, sign me up right <laughs> I'm back baby <laughs> right yeah I mean there there's so much and granted I'm a little out on New Japan I was really faithful to it when it was on um, Access uh, TV. Uh, I lost the channel, so I couldn't watch their their U.S. show. And once once it's not on my TV at the, at the ready, I, I'm still maybe it's my age. I still don't watch on the computer a lot. I don't watch the new version that just started again. I just yeah. don't have the time. Yeah, and it's I'm a time sure they thing. They have great recap show matches of like the different Wrestle Kingdoms and G1 matches. I'm sure there's amazing stuff. Right. I just don't have the time. Yeah. So where I'm getting to is that. My New Japan guys that I think of are probably New Japan guys from like a year and a half ago. Uh, so there might be some people like on the radar that I should be hyped about that I'm not yet. And I'm willing to admit that, uh, that there might be guys that I'm just totally oblivious to. Uh, I also would love to see Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, I think that... So Zack Sabre Jr. is with New Japan Pro Wrestling, is that correct? Um, yeah. Again, like I said, two years ago he was. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> well, uh, obviously with COVID and passports, that's kind of ruined a lot of stuff. Cause right. I think Japan is still under this situation where um, um, the crowds are not are mandated that they cannot cheer. They can only clap. Yes, he is still currently signed to New Japan. So, boom. So, I, But I don't know if that's been relaxed. I know Japan had sort of a late hit with the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so they got affected like a lot later than the United States. Did, but it seems like things are starting to roll back a lot across the world as the COVID numbers go down. So we're kind of getting back to normal. And the G1 Climax is coming up. You so. know what's weird, too, is that... Um, WWE actually has that same rule uh, for COVID that fans are not allowed to cheer when Ezekiel appears on screen. <laughs> <laughs> fans are not allowed to make any sort of noise. Well, because they don't know who he is. I, have you ever seen Ezekiel before? Mm-mm, no. He's a total no. I mean, he doesn't look like anybody to me. It's a, <laughs> the goofy thing to me is like that he's Elias's brother. Do you know what Elias Perez is? Oh, he is? does look like Elias. <laughs> he does. And, and you're, I don't know. Maybe it's a northern thing. Do you know what Elias Brothers is? No. So do you guys have Big Boy restaurants down there? No, we do not. We okay. Do, not. do you know I what Big know Boy the is? Joke from Austin. I do know Big Boy from the Austin Powers movie. Yeah, so, so up here there's Big Boy, and it's Elias Brothers Big Boy. So <laughs> I think Ezekiel needs to start wearing a checkered overalls if, if if big boy and bucky the beaver had a north south rivalry who would win i mean big boy's the hoss but i think he'd get winded too quick so i think bucky the beaver as long as he doesn't get you know squashed quick the longer it goes the more it favors bucky yeah i know who the crowds are going to cheer for depending on where they're at yeah, <laughs> yeah lock them up lock yeah. up big boy <laughs> oh gosh uh, but, I don't. Uh, th- I don't think Big Boy will be on the New Japan uh, AEW show, as far as I know. What about that strong promotion? Like, I know that they kind of hinted at that AEW talents have been used in other shows, mm-hmm. but I haven't really checked out what they do and who's involved. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure either. Um, Maybe they can use that as a testing ground. You know how like WWE used to run a lot of house shows so yep. they could get practice time for the pay per view match. Maybe they could do that on Strong. Where they're like, you know what, how about y'all, like, give yourself a blow, at, like, with, like, this wrestler from New Japan and this AEW wrestler, and if it's, like, a banger of a match, maybe we could do it at Forbidden Door. Right. Tony Khan doing blow is uh, kind of why he doesn't get to give the announcements anymore on, <laughs> on air. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this is a show that, like, is just, like, us internet fans' dreams because, like, I feel like the show itself it sells itself. They don't even have to announce the matches ahead of time. That's what I was going to ask you. How do you think it will do? The, I think the tickets go on sale in about a week or so. Yeah, I think um, I think tickets will sell really fast. Okay. Um, and I don't like I said I don't think they need to announce. That's to say that they won't. I don't think they need to announce a, a headline match before the ticket sales uh, are strong. Um, but but Jordan, what if the Bulls are in the NBA Finals? That's very. <laughs> Very true. If the Bulls are in the NBA Finals, that means Giannis Antetokounmpo died. So. <laughs> hey, how about your Pelicans, man? Willie is at the funeral instead of the dynamite before Forbidden Door, which is going to be interesting. Like, can they do? Like, we'll get to this when we get to that point. We have a whole West Coast trip coming before that. That's yeah, huge, and Detroit. But um, like. Like, will they have like a like? Will they have a ramp up on W on WWE? Wow, I'm stupid. AEW programming leading into Forbidden Door. Is it just going to be one of these things where, right. hey, here's the matches, and we'll just have a couple packages, and here it is? Because you can't have New Japan people just popping up all over the place. Um, 
uh, like running in for all these dynamite shows. You got enough stuff with your main roster as it is. Like I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe they'll. Do- I, I think I think they'll have the bigger names. I think you'll see Tanahashi on on AEW TV. Probably not in a match. But I, I love think, Tanahashi. Yeah, I think Tanahashi will appear. I think I really think Okada will. Ishii um, showed up, as you had mentioned. Yep, uh, qual- tried to qualify for the Owen tournament, failed miserably. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Meltzer, Meltzer praised that match with Adam Cole. I thought it was just good, yeah, and that I, was it. I, you know, I've got some thoughts on Adam Cole. I think his it's, the formula's starting to run a little dry for me with Adam Cole. Like, It's getting to a point where if you've seen an Adam Cole match, you can skip the next few because you've seen what you're going to see. You know, he, He's like Kevin Durant. Like. Yeah. When you watch him, you know you're gonna see something great. Yeah. But it almost bores you how good he is. Yeah. You know, if you don't like mix it up with him sometimes and try to get him out, like I love this fight with Orange Cassidy because it was different. Yeah, it was a really good match, and that might be his yeah. last great match that he had. Uh, uh, Did I, you like the Hangman match in mm, on the live rampage? I, I didn't dislike it. But I was let down by it. Like I think I expected it to be a real banger, and it was just kind of like, okay, that's fine. Did the cra- did the crown of thorns on a Good Friday turn you off? <laughs> you know, I, I didn't even put the two and two together till you mentioned it. I'm like, oh, yeah. So in the moment, I didn't catch it, and then after you pointed that out, I'm like, oh, that's. I was like, who booked this? Kenneth Copeland? <laughs> Art Anderson loading his Glock. That's right. I'm an atheist now. <laughs> <laughs> But, oh my goodness! It, it was okay. It was violent, bloody. It seemed like yeah. Adam hit Page like bladed his chin. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, it was um, weird. Like he was like bleeding from like his the side of his face. The vibe I get is that obviously when we've been talking about it for weeks now on our show that we are leading to the Bucks versus Kyle O'Reilly and 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 Fish and Adam Cole goes with them and Kenny comes back and I wonder if maybe there's a delay in Kenny coming back because it feels like. That story has absolutely hit a stalling point. And yeah, because they got stopped. the Bucks trailing off with FTR. Yeah. Um, so I'm, and, I'm wondering if there's a delay in Kenny's return, and that's what the problem is. I don't know. Maybe. Could be. Could be. But Maybe he's working on the video game still. Yeah, I, I, they released a photo, and it's I heard Kenny a rumor with... that they have a, they have a sub name for it, but I didn't read what the name was. Yeah, you know what? I think I saw that, too. Um you can look it up while we're I'll message Brad Woodling while we... Uh, <laughs> by, by the way, I don't know if he wants me to share this or not, but Brad Woodling might... Uh, no, I don't think he's going to, but... So Brad uh, is uh, partners with a guy who runs like a game shop, game and hobby shop, and Ethan Page apparently is stopping by at their store while we're taping tonight. All ego, wow. <laughs> yeah. I thought you said Brad Woodling runs GameStop, and I'm like, oh, Elon Musk is going to put him on Twitter and get him to check mark right away. This just in, Brad Woodling. Elon is all about the GameStop. <laughs> this just in, Brad Woodling has bought to the PTN, PTB pop feed. Oh, man, that's where the NBA team is. I know. Brad is my boss now. Yeah, and Laughing <laughs> Theater. Laughing Theater is now a Woodling production. Actually, I was just on that show. We did Billy Madison. Yep. Great movie, one by of my the way. Favorite, one of my favorite comedies, even though I think most, almost everyone universally hated it when it came out. Oh, see, I loved it because I was in high school. Like that's a high. That it's was so sophomorically stupid. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Oh, yeah. But for me, I was watching. I'm rewatching it with Andy Atherton. Awesome dude. Like the hits just keep on coming. Like oh, every yeah. time I'm watching, I'm like, oh, I, that's funny. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I love that we're in an Adam Sandler renaissance because obviously he had his peak and then it kind of became like cool to hate him in in his in the people's defense he made a lot of crap 
but I feel like we've come back around to appreciate the greatness of Adam Sandler again. Yeah. In fact, just the other night, I was laying in bed, and I was on Netflix looking for something to watch, and I was like, I typed in Adam Sandler to search just to look for Adam, and there's not a lot of Adam Sandler movies on there. Most of the Adam Sandler movies on Netflix are the Adam Sandler Netflix movies, you know what I mean? Like, the originals, yeah, like yeah. the one he did with um, Rob Schneider and yeah, David like, Spade and stuff. And there's like Murder Mystery, I think that's Jennifer Aniston. Grown Ups is, grown ups is fun. Yeah, I, like, ended I up, think Grown Ups and Grown Ups Two are pretty funny. I ended up watching Just Go with It with uh, Jennifer Aniston, where and I think Nicole Kidman is in it, right? Yeah, she's like uh, they meet on the cruise, and, and then um, Brooklyn Decker as well. Right, right. So. Um, I all I do highly now. This is against type for him, but Uncut Gems. I think I brought it up before on this show, but oh my god, such a good movie. Yeah, but he plays. It's a very sm- it's a very smarmy like dirty movie. It's not a yeah. comedy. Yeah, <laughs> not not your Adam Sandler. Romp. It's it's like watching an episode of Dynamite. Your knuckles are white the whole time. Like, can I please get off the ride now? It was like me on Space Mountain two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get back to AEW. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like we've said all we can say about the New Japan thing. It's cool. It's exciting, but there's not much known yet. It's a um, lot of TBD, right? Yeah, um, and it's it's a thing where I don't think, like you said, I don't think they have to commit a lot of TV time to it uh, because the people that are going to be watching that show know who those people are, you know? I don't yeah. know that you're going to bring in a lot of new fans, but, you know. Let me ask you this. Does this knock out Chicago as an all-out destination for Labor Day weekend? That's a good question because that's only, what, two, two three months after at, yeah. at that point? Because then you're in And remember this, too. Now, SummerSlam is already set for Nashville, Tennessee, uh-huh. um, which is going to be a stadium show. Which Double or nothing expected. in May is in Vegas, so I don't even know if you go right back to Vegas. And then WWE is in England for a Labor Day event at, um, I think it's called Cardiff Stadium. It's a soccer stadium. That's like Wales, very- right? Is that yeah, Wales? Yeah. Yeah, in England, somewhere there, some some one of those places that uh, everybody hates Boris Johnson in. Hey, you want to hear um, a great dad joke? Okay. All right. So, uh, guys walking down the street in uh, England, he sees two ladies. He goes, "Hey, are you two uh, ladies from England?" And they go, "Wales." He goes, "I'm sorry, are you two Wales from England?" (laughs) Dewdrop did not think that was. (laughs) Don't cut that out, please. But um, <laughs> the thing is, um, oh, um, so so basically, like they're having a stadium show in uh, across the pond. So you're thinking, oh, okay, AEW might go big with something. Maybe they do a stadium show elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Which know. would which would confirm the prediction that I had to try to one up the prediction that you already had that came true for 22, which is that WWE was going to steal an AEW wrestler. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, like you said, I think that's a good point. I don't know that they go right back to Chicago for All Out. I think they, I don't think they go back to Vegas either. Do they go back to New York for All Out? Do they try Well, that? here's the thing. You can't do Arthur Ashe if it's a stadium show. The U.S. Open's around yeah. Labor Day. Yeah. So what do you huh. do? Like, I mean, they, maybe they can just go back to Chicago again, just do it two months later. I mean, it's a hotbed like we talked about. But we also mentioned in the past you don't want to tap it you don't want to tap that market too many right. times because maybe right. if you keep tapping the oil well, there might not be any oil that comes I mean, out. And they've also sold well in L.A. too. So, Man, I mean we're going to get to that point when we get to it, but the West Coast trip looks like it's going to be very similar to like that 2021 fall trip. 
Yeah. When they went to the East Coast and Milwaukee and Chicago and New York and Rochester, and it's just like it felt like they had ten to eight thousand people every. And week. that might be where you could see some New Japan guys popping in because Japan to LA is a lot less travel than you know across the United States as well too. So yeah, and rem- and remember Tony Khan was uh, the one thing I do like about Tony Khan handling Ring of Honor and even um, even having this deal with a uh, AW New Japan is that. It's a wrestling fan running the wrestling company. Yeah. So clearly he's like appreciative of Rig of Honor. He knows the history. It's not like he just jumped right into it and doesn't know anything. And he knows that the most successful show that Rig of Honor ever had was in Madison Square Garden. Yep. Oh, what if they go to the garden? I mean, I wouldn't put it past him to try. You know, um, I don't think they'll do it. I think I, I think, think so. if it even got rumored, WWE I'm, would. I'm thinking about MSG at all out for those who are not following my crazy brain. Yeah, I, I think even if it got rumored, I think WWE would go into Counter Strike mode and, and but, book well, like a big show around that time. Ring of Honor and New Japan had a super show in Madison Square Garden, and they sold it out. Yeah, if they sold that was the most lucrative show that Ring of Honor ever had. And this will probably be similar. It'll be a very similar vibe. Yep, I agree. So uh, pretty exciting. Going to be a lot of good wrestling. And I think that's kind of the theme of the last couple Dynamites with uh, New Orleans and Pittsburgh. Lots and lots of wrestling. Uh, Very heavy on the wrestling that you put in our notes. uh, Pittsburgh show at 61 minutes of match time, which is more than half of a two-hour show. Um, That's very good, by the way. Yeah, that's that's really good. You know, like Like for for Raw, even the three-hour Raws, it's like 45 minutes tops. Yeah. So and and like you said, it's not bad wrestling either. It's not. Sometimes people wrestle just to wrestle. We actually talked about that last week. Actually, me and Steve talked about that with Adam Cole. Sometimes I think wrestlers fall for this idea that a, a longer match equals a better match, and that's not always the case. Sometimes a match suffers because it should have been nine I, minutes I, when it went twelve. Yeah, that had with Britt Baker. Yeah, we yeah, talked about that. Before. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, um, but yeah, lots and lots of wrestling. Um, Let's see, where can we go in our notes? Uh, so let's talk about this just for a second um, to quell some fears. Uh, for fans who don't know, and I don't want to get too into this just because this is a really big blind spot for me, so I'll kind of defer to you and then we'll move on. Uh, there's been a merger uh, with uh, Warner and Discovery, um, and that means Dynamite and Rampage have new bosses. And there's been some cancellations already. Um, t- is it Turner that's calling the shots long story short tv shows are getting canceled on tbs and tnt and you know the ptsd of wrestling fans especially those of us who are wcw fans is we know that's what killed wcw it wasn't bad booking it wasn't vince russo it was jamie kellner killed WCW. yeah it was they lost their tv um so you kind of posited to me is that something worth discussing i think it's something that we can say briefly i think aew is in a better place because TV is so thirsty for content that even if Turner, and I don't think they will, even if Turner did make that call, someone else would scoop them up, and I think they could get into a bidding war. What do you think? I think so. Now, the timing of it is interesting, too, because, um, and we did, we have, we've mentioned a lot of things in past shows, but I think this one is worth repeating that the television deal starts over in 2024. So they would probably go into their negotiation phase, just like WWE will, which is is almost the same time that their deal would come up. Uh, They would probably go into their negotiation phase uh, next year in 2023. So we're going to know really quickly what the intentions of Warner Discovery are. So basically what happened is the discovery portion of the hierarchy, which is run by um, 
by uh, I forget his name, David Zasloff. He is now running Warner Discovery, aka Time War. So the another Time- Dave, by the way. Right, all, all these Daves are—they're just—they're just circulating. They're just—they're the butterfly effect of all these huge <laughs> wrestling events and social media events. But they, he's running it now, and he will make big changes. Jason Kyler was running HBO Max, and he was the one who made the big decision of having first-run movies um, air on HBO Max exclusively. Um, in 2021 for 30 days, which really made a lot of people mad. Um, well, he immediately left before the merger happened because he knew he was going to get his head chopped off. So now they're going to have somebody new in charge. I don't know who it is. I don't even think they've decided, but he's already said in different calls that he is going, they're going to make some changes. And then the first hammer that dropped according to variety is that they're going to cut off all the scripted programming, um, for TNT which means like no snowpiercer which hey i won't miss it too much but it also is means that the one when, where they like, live said, on a train or something yeah that's it's based off a movie by bon joon ho uh okay. who did an incredible movie called parasite but um but bon but this was like his science fiction film and this is like the show based off of it but you know and then uh other ones like animal kingdom like I, I didn't even know that was still a, a thing. Yeah, I don't even know but, what it is. But it also proves, Jordan, that what we have said all along since AEW moved to TBS, Sheldon runs this network. This is Sheldon <laughs> Cooper's network. This is why it's so important that we have to please Sheldon. Yep. We don't need to please Tony Khan. We don't even need to play, please David Zaslaw. You have to please Sheldon. Because the Big Bang Theory re- reruns, they only go behind Friends yep. as the most circulated rerun show in the world so you're gonna see a lot of you're basically gonna see a lot of reality shows a lot of big bang theory and then dynamites here and there and yeah. some rampages but will it affect AEW's programming like you said and i think you hit the nail on the head because of the fact that they're starved for content because it is a ratings hit and because they know that live programming that guarantees a good demo is just something that's really hard to come by. Yep. Even if they have to negotiate up and pay at a little bit of a higher premium to keep them in tow for live programming, not streaming, which is what Zaslav said. He's not in the mood to like overpay to like get streaming rights to certain things. But he will overpay, and all these networks, ESPN, NBC, Fox, they all overpay for live, live. sports programming yep. yep and that's and that's where AEW and the wwe fit just nicely enough to get a nice deal yep. on the next round so my my intent intuition is that they will be okay yep. as long as the ratings keep churning yep. yeah that's how i feel yep and the ratings seem to be in a comfortable little groove like there's ups and there's downs but the downs aren't so down that they're alarming and the ups don't spike up to where you're like oh man we're in another boom period they're just kind of maintaining now i think million is now the new the new barometer yeah like if they get a million that means they had a hot show yeah i agree so um let's kind of get into our bits and pieces you know um we've had a couple good weeks uh ftr continues to be Maybe the most exciting, uh, I don't know, FTR or Blackpool Combat Club. I don't know what I like best. I didn't get to talk about it. That Young Bucks match was so good. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Oh, was my awesome. God, that was so good. Yeah. Uh, and it is so wild that it came right after the, the Briscoes match. You know, like, they have Steve two. Steve liked it more. Yeah, yeah. Two match of the year candidates in a span of, what, five days? <laughs> like, insane. And now yeah. we're going to. So are they going to top that? Yeah. 
Have them wrestle each other, I guess. <laughs> Which will have happened by the time this episode comes out. Who do you think wins, by the way? Dax. I, I Dax, say Dax, I too. I, I think Dax, yeah. too. I don't... I think these guys are perfect as a tag team forever. I feel like if one did... was destined to become a singles wrestler, I feel like it's Dax, and I don't know why. Maybe, I know how Maybe because I follow him on Twitter. <laughs> this, well, there's a, there's, a, there's a couple things you can do. So, here's one that you can do. You can do a double pin, and it, sure. it, disqualif- it either disqualifies them both, or uh, Punk punk on commentary would vouch that they both get in mm, okay and then then they give them the they give them both spots uh after the double pin here's how i think it will end the way that owen versus brett ended at wrestlemania 10 is that oh, yeah. um is that brett tried to do a majestic like victory role. role yeah a victory role yeah you have it right and um owen caught him and pinned him yeah trapped him and pinned him i think that's how it's which is end. just how punk pinned uh dustin Rhodes too right sort of right yeah right a, like a bit of a roll-up yeah yep so so yeah. I th- but I think it will be a fabulous match. Like I, I do they too. had a nice little like YouTube segment that talked about that hyped up the match and yeah, how the road, how the much road to dynamite yeah yeah and how much it meant to them and how much they they have always liked <clears throat> Owen and Bret Hart and such and such and I think it'll be a terrific match. I mean the other story I remember is that when they were the revival, the way they got together, they were both I believe from North Carolina, so they were familiar with one another. Mm-hmm. But they were like having bangers at NXT house shows or dark matches, like in try in like uh, the performance center. Mm-hmm. And Triple H, like, man, they're so good. Why don't they work together? Like, and that's oh, how that's pretty cool. they got I didn't together. Know that. That's the story I heard. That's very cool. But also, Triple H also cut a promo on Elon Musk that <laughs> they need to have a WrestleMania match on Mars. Oh, hang on, this just did. On- Triple H has purchased controlling rights to Roblox. Wow. <laughs> wow. The, the wrestler Roblox? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the old WCW Roblox. Roblox. <laughs> I do remember when they had Roblox, and then they had they decided to have another show called Roblox, but they were like, wait a minute, we use that name. Ah, fuck it. Let's call it Roblox End of the Line. That's yeah. different. Yeah. That was, uh, was that Ambrose? Triple so H? it was like a, it was a house show in Canada, yeah. And they decided to make it like a network exclusive to try to just drive yep. viewers. Yep. I kind of remember that. And so they called it Roadblock, and then they had a pay per view called Roadblock, but they were like, "Wait a minute, you can't have two Roadblocks in a year." <laughs> and but then but then again, I watched WrestleMania, and yes, you can have many Roadblocks in a in a year. Right. <laughs> <And> WWE. <laughs> uh, WWE. There was a rumor floating around that they're interested in FTR. Yeah, no, no crap. Who wouldn't be? But they're not up for another year. Is right. what They they looked under the hood and they realized, wait a minute, their contract's not up for a year. Yeah. Carry so, on. Um, we had some interesting things. Here's a hot take that I have. Uh, I love when, I love when my opinion on a wrestler changes. Someone who I at first was like, eh, this person stinks. You know who I would like to see more of? I want to see Nyla Rose, and I want to see Nyla Rose as a babyface. Okay. I, I know that's kind of out of nowhere, but I'm kind of in our LOL section, and you wrote where Nyla Rose said, I love cake and violence. I think Nyla Rose is is, is a face trapped as a heel right now. Uh, I think, I mean, you follow her on Twitter, right? She's got such good Twitter wit. Twitter game is so yeah, good. She's got such yeah. good wit and stuff. I think Nyla Rose would be a really good babyface. Um in the female division, maybe like as a baby face to challenge Jade Cargill. Uh, I, I think that's something that I would like to really see them explore. 
totally random and out of nowhere there. Uh, but And I love that because I used to be like, ah, Nyla Rose kind of stinks. And I remember we were talking about, I think this is months ago, her match, I think with Ruby Soho. I was like, wow, yes. she really looked good. She uh, had a top row beast bomb and yep. it looked great. Yep, yeah. and then she had a really good match with um, maybe it was Statlander or somebody, and I'm just okay. like I started to come around on her, come around on her, come around on her, and like this backstage stuff, like with the with uh, the cake and violence with the Thunder Roses thing, I really enjoy her. I really do enjoy her. Uh, I didn't like the show that much. I did think the match between Rosa and and Nyla was good. Yeah, like I thought it was a. Good, I felt the same way about but as about Britt Baker and Riho in yeah. the first battle. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, what did you think of this coffin match with Darby Allen and uh, and uh, Andrade? It was unintentionally funny. Yeah, like there, was, like it had a lot of violence. It was like it was it, it was rough. I thought Andrade had a good mean streak going. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were two things that made me that made me laugh. The 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 tax on the inside of the coffin, yeah, which made no sense to me, is like <laughs> not yeah, at if all. If you want somebody, if you want your opponent to not open the coffin, wouldn't you put the tax on the outside? Right, right. Maybe, maybe because like, like they like can't push nail. the lid open because it'll hurt them. I don't know, but it played. It didn't play into the story at all either. <laughs> and then, and then just to like just to show that Tony Khan does have a tremendous sense of humor oh, and yeah. he does follow TNA memes. Yeah, is. They had um, Sting uh, who Sting was the mess. guy that he did? It was Mark Quinn. Mark Quinn had, is in the crowd, and there's an there's an infamous moment where Rob Van Dam gets attacked by a random fan in Impact in a Sting mask, and he takes off the mask, and it's actually Sting, yeah. which is like funny, and it's it's meme to death all over the place on 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 Elon, and so <laughs> Elon. they did the same thing with this one. Sting is wearing a backwards cap, which I thought was so funny. <laughs> it was great, dude. I just thought it was so funny watching him wear a backwards cap like Steve Buscemi in that. <laughs> what's up, fellow what's, kids? <laughs> what's up, my fellow students? How do you do? <laughs> they, they need to do that whole thing again with the backwards cap, but it's Danhausen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, by the time this episode comes out, Danhausen will have made his debut against Hook. Uh, we heard Hook speak for the first time, um, very briefly. He said, "You've got." Yeah, but he doesn't attention. want to wrestle Danhausen. He he doesn't want to wrestle Danhausen. He wants to fight Danhausen. Yeah, so I feel like it's gonna be just become like this weird buddy pairing. So I, I I don't know what to make of it yet. I don't dislike it, but I also think it's kind of goofy. So I'm willing. The one thing I found that was kind of interesting. The one thing I found interesting is that Lexi Nair is is uh, has been kind of like focusing on interviewing, the doing the back. She's been doing more backstage stuff, but she's yeah. been doing ma- mostly with Hook. Because kind of like you said with Samoa Joe and Satnam Singh and Jay Lethal, they're kind of in their own little pocket universe within AEW. Same with Hook. Mm-hmm. Hook is kind of in his own little storyline that's self-contained, involving the factory and Danhausen and Hook and Taz and such and such, where he is like this unbelievably over babyface but Lexi Nair has like been doing the like interviewings with uh with Hook mm-hmm. and I and I looked her up she is I believe Diamond Dallas Page's daughter-in-law oh okay it like took me totally by surprise so I didn't even know Diamond Dallas Page had a son then so is it Hangman Adam Page is that I, like... his son <laughs> <laughs> I need to fact check that, but yeah, yeah Lexi Nair basically is doing like the hook interviews, and he finally spoke. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Danhausen has been trying to curse him, but uh, the curse doesn't work. Um, 
And so maybe yeah. he, he thought might, it might be Hook's chips, which got Hook a little upset that he stole his chips. And that's a real storyline that's happening in 2022 on television. <laughs> if he stole Charlie's Charles, – do you remember Charles' chips? No. The mail order chips? Uh-uh. Okay, that's that's supposed to be a, sa- a southern thing, but um, you could mail order chips, and oh, it was okay. in a um, it was in a it was in a like a vanilla, uh, container like an aluminum container, and it was called Charles chips. Hmm. And my dad used that. to order them, but God, they tasted, God, they tasted like shit. Yeah. So if he if he had if he had smashed like a can of Charles chips, I'd have been like, good, they right. taste like crap anyway. Dude, I wonder if that's a thing. Like, <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if that's a thing where like regional chips are bad because our our chips up here are called better made chips like that's the Michigan chips I hate them I think they're so gross so maybe that's you know, why they're regional you know what, Jordan, because they're I'm not good I'm enough starting, I'm starting to realize like we truly I mean we really are not in a global village like we are in completely <laughs> different universes <Yeah. laughs> I know, right we're in the multiverse man we we need Elon to bring us all together. Right. Or bring us into the multiverse. <laughs> Take us to the singularity, Elon. <laughs> that, yeah, wouldn't so, that be funny if they – do, do they – I don't know. This is crazy. I'm sure Chikara has done it. Can they try a wrestling promotion where they just have alternate universe promotions like where Roman Reigns <laughs> is just like a Lee K, the stupid jobber, and he right. just starts – He's like he's like loses all the time to Ricochet. Yeah. Like, can they do that as a joke one day? I'm, I'm sure somebody could. Like, it might have even happened on like being the elite at some point. You know. <laughs> so, man, it's maybe, been a long time maybe, since I've watched we, an episode of Being the Elite. By the way. Yeah. Um. Maybe they can do an alternate universe where the Jurassic Express is called the Jungle Cruisers. <laughs> I, I thought that, that was a really good match, by the way. Yeah, a really good match with them. Against, yeah, that was uh, in New Orleans. Yeah, against um, uh, Fish and uh, O'Reilly and uh, Bobby Fish. <laughs> the next week's like we lost that match. Had no clue what he lost. <laughs> I thought that was good. Um, you know, Ben Simmons said the same thing like about a like <laughs> I think yesterday. Wait a second, we lost. Oh gosh, Ben Simmons. Man, even here. So again, I was out getting breakfast this morning, and I turned on. He's just trying to steal. He's just trying to steal Hook's gimmick. That's all. Right. I, I turned on sports radio, and I don't listen to it all that often, because what I hate about sports radio here is they're very specific to Detroit, and I'm like, every Detroit team stinks. Why? And even they were trashing Ben Simmons on like local Detroit radio today. Like uh, this dude, this dude's gonna take a pounding for for quite some time. I, is he ever gonna play basketball again? Do you think? Like, he will. Yeah. He will. Will he play it well? Is a great. Is a much yeah. better question. And will he ever? Will he ever play a game as a Brooklyn Net? Oh, absolutely. Okay. He's under contract. He can't go anywhere. Okay. All right. Uh, now, like, will uh, will someone try to engineer a trade? I mean, the I know a team. I know one of the only teams that in the NBA that has cap spaces in Detroit. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, like, um, yeah, like, I mean. Like uh, this brooding, like this brooding baby face, like yeah. Uh, but I mean, I don't. Yeah, know. but is Ben like, Simmons a um, baby face? That's the big question. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he's not a baby face. Yeah, like, definitely not. He, here's the problem: he thought he could get the sympathy. It was like remember when Triple H had his arm broken by Brock Lesnar and he <laughs> yeah. lost, and yeah. he tried to get that sympathy here, yeah, and he didn't get it. 
So he, he so he went back out there the next night on Raw because he couldn't he couldn't like muster up the tears. Yep. And then he finally did it on the Raw after, and then he finally got the sympathy cheer that Vince wanted all along <laughs> that he didn't get at SummerSlam. This is that Ben Simmons did this every single game, but he never got the sympathy. Right. Hey guys, Ben Simmons back hurts. Now, Don't you feel bad for him? No. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, can you imagine, like, say Kenny Omega takes the entire, like, calendar year off. Now, I know that when he did take his time, people are like, yeah, he worked, he ran really hard, it's time for him to heal, you know, wrestlers eating off-season anyway. But what if he's just kind of, like, sitting in the back burner for a year? Do yeah. wrestling fans get mad? Do they have a right to get mad? I, I don't think that they do, just because, like, wrestlers even more so than like basketball players stuff like they really do break their body you know um mm-hmm. and there's but, no off season yeah all that to say this fans are going to get mad whether they have a right to or not <laughs> so oh of course yeah of course i mean we're coming up now 6 months of no Kenny omega so we're we're already halfway there mm. you know when we yeah like i mean he he was wrestling for a little while when we started the show like 2 months but yeah. since then no who do I mean, we see back I mean, first? Do we stuff. see Kenny Omega or Miro? That's a great question. Yeah. Uh, I'll say Miro. I think I'll so too Miro. because I, I've I think, heard that he's. I think Kenny. I think Kenny will be back after All Out or for or All Out. That's my guess. Yeah, I, I think that would be a good time to have that big elite versus uh, undisputed match. Would be All Out. That'd be a great great time for it. So. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Uh, let's talk about some other stuff that's been happening in AEW. Um, like we just mentioned, the great tag match with uh, Jurassic Express and uh, Fish and O'Reilly. And they needed, Jurassic Express needed that because I think other tags have been overshadowing them, even though they're the champs. Uh, another tag team uh, that I'm liking is, I like the Keith Lee, Swerthland versus Hobbs and um, Ricky Starks feud. I really like this feud. Uh, every match, yeah, and, and they've been they've been tagging they've been tagging together for the most part, but mainly Lee and Swerve had. Yeah. I did like it when they called him Calvin and Hobbs. Yeah, that was great. That, I mean, Swerve called him Calvin and Hobbs. That made me laugh. Um, Swerve did this crazy move where he did like a. They, first of all, they did a, a combo where it was a spirit bomb by Lee. Yep. and a double stomp by Swerve at the same time yep. and then there was another one where Swerve did a moonsault on the outside but he did it off of Keith Lee's chest yeah. which I've never seen before Yeah, awesome match and then we had uh, Taz just walk to ringside basically which was enough of a distraction to have Team Taz win it's the first time we've seen Taz really out there with these guys in a minute it's kind of like Team Taz and name only yeah, Taz yeah the most involved he was was with Darby Allen during Daly's place where right. he's like I'm just so sick of Darby Allen right. <laughs> I hate this guy Cole. I'm not Cole. I'm Excalibur. Whatever. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yes, I, th- I think that's another good tag team that adds to the, my list of great, great, great tag teams. Um, I, I think they're the standouts of the week. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly uh, had a really good qualifying match against Jungle Boy and beat him, which that one surprised me a little bit. I, I was surprised that Jungle Boy didn't qualify for the tournament. I love that match, and let me say this too, because Kyle O'Reilly is, for those who help, don't watch him super close, I saw we ever, I saw him a lot of NXT when he was doing singles work near the end, is that he's got a very like mat-based submission mm-hmm. style, yep. almost like a judo style. Both of those guys, Jungle Boy and Kyle O'Reilly, looked exhausted. Yeah. Like, they looked like they used every bit of energy and adrenaline they had left. Now, you worry sometimes about Kyle O'Reilly because he is a diabetic. Mm -hmm. He's a type 1 diabetic. 
But I'm sure he's got enough control. I mean, this dude has done marathon matches in Ring of Honor in New Japan, so he probably has it under pretty good control. But just some, you know, you don't want somebody to like just like waste themselves like uh, for a 13 minute match on television. Right. But I thought it was a really nice snug match. Yeah. So that gives us three that we know of uh, qualifiers for the Owen tournament because Adam Cole qualified, Kyle O'Reilly, and we know someone in FTR is going to be in it as well. Am I missing any? I think that's all we have for sure. Samoa Joe did early Samoa when he Joe. Matt, that's Max right. Cast. That's right. Samoa Joe is in there. Yeah, there's well. more for the women. Yeah. Um, which we've got and there's kind of, they are very heavily going into the Owen part with the women. Like, yeah. that's the big program. Like, they've right been now. really hyping Tony Storm versus uh, Jamie Hayter, uh, has been hyped quite a bit. Uh, that's a, is that a qualifying? My girl. Match? Yeah. Andrews. No, that's in that's in the round. Like okay. they already qualified. Gotcha. And Britt Baker's qualified now as well. So I mean, is this going to be two eight-person tournaments, two sixteen-person? Even specified that yet? I think it's. I think it's. I think it's an eight-person tournament. Okay. So they the qualifiers make it a sixteen-person. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Somehow Red Velvet got in there. <laughs> oh, gosh. I think it's appropriate um, she's in then, the baddie uh, section. Let's just say that. I was just going to say that. It's her and Kira Hogan. What did you think of that? Did, does it just give him something? Yeah, I think it gives him something. And if it keeps Red Velvet out of the ring, fine. She's the worst, dude. She sucks. <laughs> Jay, I, I, I mentioned the match with Marina Shafir. The problem, Marina Shafir. Yeah. I thought they did a good job of putting her over. Even even though they didn't have her a lot on television until like that first match that and she had. And that first match on stunk, Dynamite. man. Yeah. Oh, that was bad. Yeah. I do like her music. It's kind of like a weird 80s horror movie type yeah, of music. Yeah, almost like a classical, I, scary thing. Yeah. yeah. By the way, real life married to Roderick Strong. Didn't know if you knew that. Oh, I did not know um, that. Yeah, had, they have a kid together. Um, and um, and I thought the match on Rampage that main evented between Jade and Marina, I thought it was good. I thought they mixed up well. Jade just gets better every time I watch her. So athletic. Like, just can ease into any type of scenario physically that yep. you put her in because she's not going to hurt anybody and she's not going to hurt herself. So yep. I, I'm kind of like I'm, – I'm fascinated with where they're going to go with Jade. And also on the mic, did you see that Vanessa Hudgens screenshot of Jade yeah, Cargill's uh, promo? What a bizarre so – Vanessa Hudgens is in the baddie section. I know, right? Like, what a bizarre – uh, celebrity cameo to like be linked to pro wrestling, Vanessa Hudgens. Hmm. And for those who laugh and they're like, "Who gives a shit about Vanessa Hudgens?" Uh, Vanessa Hudgens has like 11 million followers right. on exactly, Instagram. exactly. You know, like bad, bad bunny got a just got a role in a Spider Man movie. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know yeah. why? Because he's got a million social media followers. Yep. That's why millions. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. Um. It's it's wild. So I can't wait for the Vanessa Hudgens Nyla Rose match. That's that's the one I'm dying to see. <laughs> uh, and Hikaru Shida uh, qualified, and she's going to wrestle Serena Deeb in an upcoming. Yeah, that Dynamite. seems to be that seems to be the blow off. Street fight. Yeah, that seems to be a blow off of that one. Which do we do we get color? I hope not. You know, we I think, are in Phil- we are in Philadelphia. Yeah, I I hope not. Just because you know, Steve and I talked about it, and and you had it in the notes, so I knew it was something you felt too. It's being overdone. The wheel, first of all, they need to go away from it for a while because everyone's going to compare it to Wheeler Yuta now, and no, nobody needs to bleed that bad again for for quite some time. Um, no, 
but I, I hope they don't. Um, because if they do, I feel like it's doing it just for. If, if anything, this feud's fizzling a little bit. I think this feud went on too long. I think it was hotter about three weeks ago, and they just stretched it out a little longer than they need to. So I don't. I don't think it color. No, I think I'm we get a lot of kendo kendo like, stick shots. And I'm not saying like there's there's gonna be blood like I want blood all the time like i'm like minded like you about that where i feel like it's too squeamish and sure. it gets a little they go they go a little bit overkill what i'm saying is it's like free throws in the nba playoffs you hate it but you you got to get used to it because that's just the way that's true it's gonna be like in AEW, like we just see the way tony khan books shows like there's going to be gory weird violent incendiary stuff yeah that's fair you know? that's fair way it's to not look at it's russo but you know I mean, at least it's not Abaddon every week, I guess. <laughs> um, Abaddon did one match, I think, on television. Didn't he have? It was that on Halloween. Yeah, that, it was on Halloween. Yes. Yeah. The trick or treat match yep. with the with the tax. Which yes. I mean, that's perfect timing. You know, that's that's where you want to use her. Um, you know, what's kind of a bummer is uh, uh, Darius Martin is injured again, and that mm-hmm. kind of stinks. Uh, and I think that hurts Dante Martin too because. They came back, and they were looking really good. Darius looked like he hadn't missed a beat. As top flight. Yep, as top yeah. flight, they were looking really good. And now De- uh, Dante got stuck with uh, Brock and, and Shoddy Lee is just like the three dudes who get stretched by the Blackpool Combat Club. So kind of stinks that I think Dante yeah. Martin, through no fault of his own, and I'm not blaming Darius Martin. If you get injured, it's not really your fault. Uh, are kind of you know, taking you know a step Wheeler, back. Wheeler Yuta has been doing better, like doing nice little small things with this character, where he's a little more ruthless every yeah. time you see him, like paired up with uh, Danielson and Moxley in these tags. But you know what it reminds me of, Jordan? It's like Patrick Beverly when he's with Kawhi Leonard and Paul Jordan. <laughs> yeah. It's okay to be. It's easy to be an asshole when you got these two stars right. who can just beat the shit out of everybody backing you up. <laughs> I think it's interesting. They're they're kind of presented as heels. Because they mostly wrestle baby faces. Like it was a really cool spot where they all were doing that that elbow smash to the. They, they just all started beating the shit out yeah. of the. Like basically, like this is over. This match is O V E R. Yeah. But then they had this weird moment where they booked him against the Gun Club, and there's no way you're gonna be a heel if you're fighting the most hateable guys in all of AEW, Austin Gun and. Uh, <laughs> what did you think of the Gun Club match? I, think it was okay. I thought it was too long. I thought it was too long. I thought that that it, yeah. I think they were trying too hard to protect the gun club, and I understand that they're that Colton and Austin are young, and you don't want to throw them out to the wolves. But I mean, my God, this yeah. is the Blackpool Combat Club. Right. Like, That's that was my problem with to... it. Was my problem with it was that Wheeler Yuta kind of escaped Billy Gunn. It's like that's not what this crew should be doing. They should be dominating people. <clears throat> How do you feel about the Wardlow stuff? right now oh yeah dude i love it man it's so clever it's so creative to me um like the hannibal lecter style entrance with the cuffs that stuff is uh, no music yep no music whoever is booking the wardlow stuff deserves an award because it's we've seen it's gotta these, be max yeah we've seen these feuds before but just the creativity that goes into it like and now he's max is just Sending in the hosses. Like, he fought the Butcher. Uh, now he's going to be fighting Lance Archer uh, tomorrow. So I guess by the time this is out, that match will have already happened. I, I don't know if you saw it, but they did a they did this little surprise reveal backstage where MJF gives the hands the bag, like, gives the money over to um to Jake Roberts. Yeah. And Jake had a nice, very short 
um, like evil promo. I mean, he's I mean, he's Jake Roberts. Right. Like this guy right. <laughs> could cut a promo like nobody's business. And then Lance does his typical Bruiser Brody thing where he just like he's like a bull in a china shop. And yep. He's like, I just want to beat the crap out of him. Like, yeah. which is which is purposeful. He's not trying to be disrespectful to Jake or anything. That's just his, that's he that's how we that's how the Murder Hawk monster is. Right. I really want to see that match. I want to see Lance Archer win. Like, that's what I actually want to say. That'd be interesting. Yeah, because they, they heated him up a little bit by giving him Serpentico on Rampage. A pretty short match, but Serpentico does, like, a dive that Archer just catches. And, yeah, Archer's a guy. He's a real good, like, sort of like your gatekeeper, you know, like, uh, to to right. to step up to people. But like you said, I, I'd like to see I, him I beat some people. Gonna, I don't think he's going to beat Wardlow, but no. um, it'd be fun if he did. Uh, well, I think what I think could be interesting is... Wardlow beats him, obviously, but maybe Archer just pounds him a little bit afterwards. Like, once he gets handcuffed, Archer goes to town on him, and then MJF comes in for some licks, you know? Uh, once he gets re-handcuffed, that, that would... Man, the roof is... The, the crowd's going to go crazy when Wardlow's handcuffed and MJF starts pounding on him. <laughs> you know that's going to happen eventually. I also like that... I also like that um, when he was beat... You mentioned how he beat up Sir Pensico. He did the symphony of choke slams. Yes. So it's basically, like... It's it's almost derivatively getting the symphony of power bombs yes. over. It's like, yes. oh, you have this unstoppable move, huh? Watch me mock it. And, and those so now when Warlord does it to Archer, it has more meaning. Yeah. And those uh, power bombs to the butcher, those looked rough, man. Like, because Butcher's a big dude. And he the didn't... last one, the last one, he dropped him like a sack of potatoes. Yeah, like he didn't get him up all the way, and I think he dropped him, and I think it was smart drop him because if he would have tried to lift he could have dropped him on his neck but <laughs> yeah I remember butcher Kevin had Nash to be feeling the giant that. where yeah. for those who don't remember uh, kevin nash wrestled the giant in 1998 yep so and he didn't get him up all the way he just dropped him on his head yep yeah and then they outlawed the power bomb which uh i wonder if that might be like a next step is like wardlow's not allowed to use that but but i really dig the whole yeah remember Remember when the WWE outlawed pile drivers because Triple H got a stinger? Yeah, yeah. that that's o- that's over now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm watching every AEW show and I see spike pile drivers all over the place. Right? Yeah, they're almost like a bulldog at this point. So, uh, but yeah, I'm yeah. Really, the I'm... other one that with is uh, the Brainbuster, and for some reason the the stretch muffler. Have you noticed that? Yes. Yeah. Like a, I think it started. It might have started with Daniel Garcia. Or the Stretch Plum. Stretch yeah. Plum, yeah. I think it's because Daniel Garcia and Eddie Kingston, by the way, they had a heck of a match on Rampage too. Um, but I think Daniel Garcia... It was cut short for time by nine minutes. Right, yeah. I, I want to say Garcia has been using it. It's Eddie's like his submission finisher. Obviously his finisher is the spinning back fist. It's a, his submission finisher. And then we've seen... has you, Who else has used it? I think Wheeler Yuta has used it. Uh, Danielson is probably used it. He's used every submission in the world. I saw a female. I I think I saw Marina Shafir use it. Okay, that makes sense. Yep, gotcha. So, yeah, it's it's weird how you kind of go through these like stretches where everybody just kind of gets into a move all of a sudden, you know. But whatever, it's fine. They I, I thought the Eddie it. Kingston. So we haven't even talked about Jericho tonight. Um, I'm enjoying that. You know, I don't have a whole lot to say other than I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I thought the tag match in New Orleans was good. Yeah, uh, I did laugh at the airport vignette. I don't yeah. know. If on site, early, on earlier site. in the show, they. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they they jump them at the airport. The funny thing about that is, I worked in a magazine company, and you had to drive the area behind the airport and the runway where the runway mm. is to get to the to get to the uh, 
the kiosks. And so I know that area. That's in Kenner. Oh, so they're okay. like, yes, we just landed in New Orleans. I'm like, no, you didn't. You landed in Kenner. <laughs> and they took, <laughs> they took somebody's shoes when they beat him down. And then when the Jericho Society showed up, they still didn't have their shoes on. I, I'm drawing a blanket. Who that was? Like, it got to the you're, arena you're, and it's. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about it, and yeah, that that dynamite in New Orleans was actually pretty loaded. Yeah, at, it really uh, at was, the end. Man. I the setup was the setup was different. I I told you about this that the UNO Lake Arena is not that big, so right. I was kind of interested to see how they set it up, and it did look different. They had like an AW like flannel banner, and they didn't have two screens; they only had one. It looked kind of intimate. Yeah, you know, that's cool. So it wasn't Grand Slam. <laughs> no, yeah, certainly not. Um. We got any other stuff before we get into our questions? Um, no, I, I mean, I think we kind of hit it all. I did see Danielle Camella yep. show up on TV for the first time. She used to be Vince Bourne yep. on NXT. Which, by the way, um, um, and you go ahead. Oh, no, that's it. Oh, um, you know who might show up at this Forbidden Door show and not as an AEW wrestler? It's Kushida. Like, that might just fall into their lap. She is done with NXT and the the story is that he's headed back to New Japan. I don't know if the if there's a time frame there, but he might be on this AEW New Japan show. Kushida. Supposedly, he's going to go back to New Japan with like a total repackage. The same. This happened with Naito, and that's another one who, uh, God, I hope he shows up. Yeah. I think he's got to. Yeah. Tatsuya Naito was such an amazing wrestler. But he went to AAA, and he got, basically transformed himself when he went back to New Japan. Yeah. And that's what kind of got him going for the run that he's on now, that he's been on for the last few years. And I think Kushida is going to do something similar, where right. he's going to get away, he's going to get away, get away from the jacket stuff, and he's just going to completely reinvent himself and try to be more of a legitimate, like um, strong style type of wrestler. Which is awesome. yeah, I wonder Kushida if he'll is super talented. Yeah. I, my wonder is if he'll maybe transition to heavyweight because I mean Kushida had a really good run in the junior division with New Japan as like. The, the time splitter, you know, um, I think he teamed with, oh gosh, was it uh, Alex Shelley he teamed like, with? Uh, Adam Sh- Alex Shelley. Yep. He also had an unbelievable match with like, years and years ago with, Ky- with Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, Kyle O'Reilly, yeah. yeah And then Hiromu, uh, he had great matches there. So I wonder if maybe the transition yeah. also, uh, also couples with moving up to the heavyweight division too, which kind of seems to be a thing that New Japan guys do. So that could be interesting. I yeah, really, I really speaking, like Ishida, man. Speaking of... Um, Let's talk about two Japanese women on two different sides. So Asuka sure. is back. Um, oh, really? Uh, along with Mustafa Ali. Yeah, along with Mustafa Ali, which basically she, it, it's like that NFL stuff where you do the holdout, and then late in the regular season, you're just like, ah, fuck it, I'll go. Uh, what did Asuka do? <laughs> and, and you start playing games. Asuka is going to feud with Becky Lynch. Oh, okay. All right. I love Asuka. She's and, great. Um, and the other one is uh, that I mentioned was is Mustafa Ali, and he is now in a feud with Champa, just Champa. Mm. Yeah, there's a it's a weird one, like, man. Not also Champa, just Champa. Uh, Andrew, I think I've shown great restraint and not just tearing WWE apart sometimes <laughs> on our episodes. But the story that came out where basically everyone is changing their name, and it's just so that if they leave and go to AEW, they can't use those names anymore. <laughs> Is such a WWE thing. I know we, you and I know why, and I think smart wrestling fans know why. They can own the trademark if yeah. they yeah. change the name. Yeah. So if they leave, you can't use that name. I get right. it. 
I get it, but at the same time, maybe just book them better and treat them better so they it's not a foregone conclusion that all of them are going to leave. <laughs> I just think it's dumb that we have a wrestler named Theory. Right. Like, what what theory? Like, the Big Bang Theory? Right. Critical race theory? <laughs> I mean, WWE is about as fake as critical race theory is. Yeah. It's just, uh, it, it's, it's bizarre. It's, it's such, it's such a weird, like... And and the other uh, uh, Japanese female wrestler I wanted to bring up is Kairi Sane because she's back with Stardom and yes. the part of the New Japan thing that we didn't mention and we can talk about it later <clears throat> when they get the deal ironed out is that Stardom is not necessarily associated with New Japan directly even though they're owned by the same parent company but Emi Sakura who's with AEW is associated with it so maybe they can work out a deal yeah, and maybe they can some, some Stardom some matches sure yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you don't want the female AEW wrestlers to be iced out of the Forbidden Door show. Sure. Which is yeah. on pay-per-view, by the way. Cool. All right. Let's get into our questions. This is this is becoming my favorite part of the show, by the way. <laughs> Andrew, oh, when Steve did it, I could, just, I, I could see the glimmer in his eye. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, here's a question. Why are security t-shirts so easy to rip off in pro wrestling? I have no – have you noticed that – like, I saw this with Wardlow. Like, they just immediately, like, come off like muscle shirts. Right, like, yeah. Like, like I know I know why insecurity. You don't want loose-fitting – it's like Secret Service. You can't have a loose-fitting shirt because if you have a loose-fitting shirt that the person who's trying to attack you can grab you by the shirt and right. do something like Bret Hart did to Vince McMahon or whatever that was. <laughs> no, it was Vince did it to Bret. Yeah. He had a white t-shirt, and all Vince did is he put – the shirt over his head and just start <laughs> and so i get the idea of having like a tight t-shirt but my god like i know they're jobbers in disguise but can we make it at least real like have we ever had a segment where we had real police officers in these segments like i'm actually second guessing going to aew in detroit because i don't feel secure you know i don't i don't feel safe <laughs> If the, is if it these NXT are the people, parking lot level yeah, dangerous? If these are the people tasked to protect me in case of an emergency, I don't like it. I, I'm going to start crying for Wardlow. So, <laughs> But yeah, follow-up question to that is... That's uh, another, that, that was another, that was, that was another vintage moment I had. They did the little uh, quick Zoom action backstage with the down security guard in New Orleans. Yeah, I know that backdoor really well. You know, it was my alma mater, and I've been in that arena many, many times. So that loading dock, I was like... Oh, I've been there before. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. Like how they cut to that, then they cut to the to, to the security guard who has the mask on, uh, and he pulls it off, and it's Wardlow. That was great. I, I like your follow up question. Why don't they Trojan horse a new tag team as a security team that none of the other teams can actually fight off? I think that'd be a pretty cool idea. Is like Wardlow is just plowing through these guys, and then there's a guy who actually stands up to him, or a couple guys, and like boom, there's a tag it, team. It that would Max have to be someone hires. nobody knows really. It would have to be somebody nobody knows really well. Right. Right. So that would be the hard part. Like the, I remember they did this with Gunner in TNA, mm-hmm. where people didn't know who he was. So he was like a security guard, but he was Eric Bischoff's security force. But like he was actually good, and no one could stop him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but, I, I, cool. I also think a cool story you could do is uh, take like a guy who's like been losing all his matches and have him relegated to becoming a security guard, like like a JD Drake or somebody. Like okay. You're not a wrestler anymore, but you can work security if you want. So, did, like, <laughs> did that still, happen to Jacqueline where she wanted to be a referee, or was that a comedy? No, thing? no, she did. She she was a referee for for a minute there. 
So, uh, but yeah, uh, security guard needs to, uh, they need to, to tighten things up there. Uh, if Elon Musk is a wrestling fan, which we are not sure of, um, he may be, may have some burner accounts out there. Which promotion do you think Elon Musk would prefer? And what era's defining quality would be his best method to perform a hostile takeover? So let's say Elon wants to do a hostile purchase of AEW. Do you think he should use attitude, ruthless aggression? Should he go PG and PC or should he go rock and wrestling with it? Okay, it's 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 this is a this is an onion. It's a multi-layered answer. Yes, yes. Uh, it would be PG, okay. but it's ruthless aggression in disguise. Mm. <laughs> Smart. So you would need to have like you would need to have all the ones who are really great at trolling, but they <laughs> they seem to come out really nice and like it's almost like if Trump comes back on Twitter, but he's like, "Hey guys, it's your favorite president, and <laughs> I'm really nice." And, hey, and everyone. then he does the turn. Yeah. That's how you do it. Kafefi. Just like MJF keeps saying, just like MJF keeps saying, I'm a snake. Yeah. You gotta remember, I'm a snake. I'm gonna bite you. <laughs> I'm gonna bite you. Yep. Yeah. But okay. no, I like I like let me this is legit. Like, I do think that if one person who owns Twitter, which we now supposedly will have, mm-hmm. if they just decided, you know what? I don't really I don't really prefer like WWE. I'm just going to spam the crap out of their company so that they lose all their followers and they get <laughs> aggregated. Yeah. He could pull it off. Yeah. I think he could actually if he really had an agenda to set, he could pull it off. I don't think he will. And I don't think he has the intention. I don't think he has the care to either. I don't think I don't think Elon Musk bought Twitter so he could take AEW down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure Vince is making calls. Right, right. Yeah, I, I would <laughs> hey, guess. Pal. I would guess he's a WWF fan, but specifically uh, early '90s, because I think his favorite wrestler is Max to the Moon. <laughs> that one was lame. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe the junk, maybe the junkyard Doge. <laughs> oh gosh, the junkyard Doge. <laughs> That's a character that needs Which to be. Which he actually got it. He actually got a shout out um, from Eddie Kingston. Yep. Uh, that that was really, dude, such a great, just a guy who's so good at callback. I love this dude, Eddie Kingston. Like right. he has such, not respect, not necessarily respect for tradition. I think they all, all the wrestlers respect where they came from. His callbacks are so amazing. His knowledge of wrestling is so amazing. So he wore a shirt that said uh, thump. thump. And I think that a lot of New Orleans people were cheering because they thought it said Trump. Right. He actually <laughs> tweeted. He actually tweeted before the show. He says it says thump. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, Eddie does not strike me as uh, your typical uh, Trump supporter. I'm not sure though. But uh, Andrew, no, WWE. But the reason why he had to say that too is because it was a throwback, like Greg Valentine. I broke Wahoo's yep. leg. Yep. And. Those are those old like decals where there was only one font where in the like, 70s. Like, the, the letters 80s, were so like fuzzy to the touch. Yeah. Right. Like like remember when Hogan had American Made yep. and it looked the same as that? Yep. Like that's kind of reminds me of like of like that like that type of follower where it's like, yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna like decal this shirt yeah. <laughs> and walk to the rally. JFK Jr.'s <laughs> alive. <laughs> Uh, let's go to the next question uh, before we isolate some of our fan base. Uh, Andrew, WWE has a pay-per-view with tables in the name, tables, ladders, and chairs. AEW now has the Forbidden Door. What household object should Impact work into one of their pay-per-view names? Oh, staplers. <laughs> staplers. Staplers. 
Tables is Violent ladders and staplers. Violent when used wrong. <laughs> Violent when used wrong. Correct. Yep. Uh, an, e- an easy meme thanks yep. to Office Space. Yep. And when you don't have one in the house and you need one, it bothers the shit out of you. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So I have a staplers. I the have other a... one I thought of was coasters, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that would work. I thought of TV like uh, like TV like cookie trays, but I, I didn't know like okay. how, how you could really work that in or frying pan. Man, what about frying pan? If... Out of the frying pan, impact yeah. wrestling. From out of the frying pan, back onto the frying pan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you see Josh Alexander won the Impact title yeah, finally yeah, from yep. this? I, I was reading match a li- by match li- results. Dude, yeah, we talked about Brandy Rhodes trying to drop uh, some shade on all ego Ethan Page on the way out about how they only signed him because they were trying to get close to get Josh Alexander, and I was like, you know, let's see what he's made of. Josh Alexander's fucking good. Yeah, like that match with Moose was awesome, and I like Moose too. The recap Josh I read Alexander's got sounds it. like that match really was a, like a one match show too. Like in that that twenty five minute, it was called Rebellion, which is the same show name as the one last year where Kenny Omega I think beat Rich Swan uh, and uh, won the Impact that is title. Who he beat, uh, yes. 20, 25 minutes, absolutely. I saw the highlights. Awesome, awesome match. Yeah. So yeah, Josh Alexander is now like fully signed. Of course, the one that me and Ryan, my wrestling soulmate, went to, Josh Alexander's green card expired. <laughs> so we didn't see him. But yeah, he had his son celebrate with him. Jay Chung is his uh wife and they were in the ring with him celebrating. Like it was a great moment. So cool. awesome for impact. Nice to have like something that sort of goes viral for them that people that wrestling fans are actually appreciative. Not like me making fun of all the time. Right. Uh, let's do some more questions. Hook's first on-air words to Danhausen were, you want my attention? You got it now. What if his first words were, those were my favorite chips? <laughs> what, what if his first words were, those were Charles or whatever the brand you were talking about earlier? <laughs> <laughs> you know what he, you know he should have said? This would actually be kind of funny, almost in a Michael Keaton Batman way, as if he got him really close uh, he got Tannhauser really close when he like, like did the pick him up, and he said, "I hate, I hate when people curse," and he just <laughs> dropped him. <laughs> that would have been kind of funny. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Um, that'd be if he hates when people curse. That would have been a tough house to grow up in. You know, de- your dad is Taz. The sand, <laughs> the Sandman's over every Thanksgiving. <laughs> like, New Jack is your uncle. <laughs> like, it's a tough house to grow up in if you don't Does like he, cursing. So- well, if you need to slice the turkey, you definitely have the allotment of weapons. Right, and if you need to staple it back up because you sliced it wrong. <laughs> you know what be funny? Like, it's like, it, like if you have all of these different instruments for wrestling match, for garbage wrestling matches at ECW, but you need to cut a turkey and nobody has a knife. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, I'm with all these ECW mutants and no one has a knife? <laughs> They're all like, they all start bashing the turkey with a chair. Man. <laughs> All right, so uh, one of the coolest visuals on AEW in a long time was Wheeler Yuta writing BCC on his chest in blood. Andrew, if Wheeler Yuta had joined the Dark Order, would he have bled out trying to spell the name Dark Order on his chest? <laughs> 
that was brutal. You and Steve illustrated that match for the yeah. most part because that was during the time frame. But my God, what a bloodbath. Like, yeah, <laughs> amazing, was... awesome moment. By the way, like almost 3 million views on YouTube for that video. Awesome. And we know why. Yeah. We talked about this with the bunny. It's the blood. Yep. Like, kids love blood. Uh, what's going on with Dark Order, by the way? They seem to be uh, forgotten. They're not really doing much. I think they're trail. I think they're trailing off a little bit. Yep. I think we're actually coming up to the anniversary when Brody Lee debuted. Okay. Um. Uh. I, I think, or it may have just passed, or have passed already. But yeah, that. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, John Silver is sort of trailing off to do his own singles action for the most part. But they're still doing their own music. Anna J seems to be like still doing singles action, but she's sort of aligned with Ruby Soho now. Hmm. Okay. Well. Taikani is doing somebody yeah. else. Yeah, which and, leads, leads to the next question. <laughs> well, let me let me say this one. Sure. What if what if all of a sudden the Blackpool Combat Club said, "Wait, wait, wait, Wheeler, we just renamed it. It's the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen." <laughs> Go blame yourself and write <laughs> that down. Wheeler like God, he's got the finger on his on his bloody head, and he's like, "Ah, never mind." <laughs> what if what if they did a backstage segment where they're like? They're having a Blackpool Combat Club meeting. They're like, call to order. Uh, read the minutes. And Wheeler, like, dabs his finger into his forehead and is taking notes in blood. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. I don't know. Are you, um, are, you, are you a fan of the name still? And do you like William Regal's involvement kind of being sort of oh, like the commentary? Guy? I love it. I love Regal commentary. I love everything Regal's done. Did you see him get cursed by Danhausen? Yes, and he had oh. his foot f- fail on him. Yeah, yeah, his feet started getting all shaky. That was great stuff. I love Regal. I love the Combat Club. Um, they could just—they don't have a necessary. They don't really have anyone they're feuding with, and I don't even care. Like if they just do ten-minute exhibitions every week for a while, I'm this, fine. This with it. is the rampant. This is the rampant speculator in me. But I did see a wild rumor that John Moxley might be unhappy with the direction that he's having. But I don't know if there's any credence to that, so take that for what it's Yeah, worth. I don't know. Like, wh- what do you want then, man? Like, you're you're positioned as a dominant star. You 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 perform awesome. Like, what else do you want? I don't. He uh, looks great. He yeah. looks fantastic. Yeah. And he got a great line in a promo where they would talk about the Gun Club. He says, "I don't know the Gun Club, but I don't like the Gun Club." <laughs> Did you see how he was dressed? Which is like, yeah, that's how I. Did you see how he was dressed for Alexa Bliss's wedding? No. He basically wore his ring gear to the wedding. <laughs> just jeans and a oh, t-shirt wow. to a wedding. So that's a choice. Yeah, yeah. It's so I think. Well, Alexa Bliss is from Ohio as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Alex and Alexa Bliss, Lexi Kaufman's her real name, which is now her Twitter handle. So I think she knows something's coming. Yeah. Um, married Ryan Cabrera, who I remember because she he dated Ashley Simpson when. They were like the reality show crew, and my oh, wife was like, so okay, wow. That's who that is. So, huh? yeah, that was Brian. Brian Cabrera was like a boy band person. That's why NSYNC was there. Like, look, Lexi Kaufman, she ain't going to need to look around too far for extra help if right. WWE decides to cut their losses. And I know that's one of the rumors because she's not happy about the way she's being booked. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, congratulations to her and Mr. Cabrera on their wedding. So. Speaking of relationships, Andrew, what is the hottest relationship in AEW right now? Is it CM Punk and Championship Gold? Is it Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti? Or is it Sting and Tall Ramps that he can jump off of? Oh, Sting and Tall Ramps. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's getting pretty hot and heavy. This is like, look, 
I know Shane McMahon is watching this and saying, that could have been me. (laughs) (laughs) Tony, I'm I'm one call away. Yeah. As the song says. But, um, yeah, like they did it again. Like he, uh, he does the he did the little surprise with the backwards cap that we were joking about, and then he gets on the ramp and just fucking jumps off of it again. Right. It's insane. It's like what the hell, man? Like he pulled the mask off and then just said, "All right, let's go up to this ramp." Just went right to it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, the other ones I mentioned, obviously, we we illustrated the Punk wanting wanting AEW Championship gold to try to validate his his new run, and then there's Guevara and Ty Conti, and this has got a very Edge Lita vibe to it right yeah. now, yeah. where. It, it it will get over, but it's not going to get over because of the way that they wanted it to get over. Right. Yeah. I'm, it's going to get over because people fucking hate them. Yeah, and I think they're 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 headed that direction. Now. Like Sammy's saying something about like I don't care about your dead grandma or something like that. And I got to give you credit because you said you he Sammy basically illustrated what he was going to how he was going to turn heel on the crowd. Mm-hmm. About how like how how they're not they're just jealous of him because he's got a hot wife and stuff. And you said exactly that on yep. the episode before. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, uh, Tony, I'm available for booking. We know you're listening. So, <laughs> uh, Andrew, I'm here too. Uh, so we had we in Pittsburgh. We had Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth come out with Britt Baker, which I thought was a pretty cool one. Steelers fans love him. Who would be the worst pro athlete choice to come out and hype a crowd for each of our hometowns? So let's say Dynamite in Detroit, Dynamite in New Orleans. Who's the worst pro athlete that could come out uh, to New Orleans? Okay, let me ask you this. Is it somebody, do they have to play for the team in the hometown? I think they either have to play for them or have played for them, not a rival. Oh, then that's easy peasy. There's two. Anthony Davis. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> easy showering booze. And Nikhil Roby Coleman, the cornerback who hit Tommy Lee Lewis and they didn't call a flag. Mm, okay. That that easy peasy. They would get or the referee, the referee who did the <laughs> call. The problem uh, is it's all like uh um the new Japan CEO where you just say his name and you're like, Oh, who's that? Oh, right. he's the CEO of Japan. Yeah! <laughs> like, people have to look at him and they're like, who's that? He's like, that's the referee who uh, called the uh, no call. Boo! Yeah. For Detroit? <laughs> that, that guy. That for guy Detroit? Would, that, it, guy would literally, that guy would literally get run out of the freaking building. Yeah, for Detroit, it would be Matt Patricia, former head coach of the Lions. Uh, if Matt Patricia oh. appears on screen when I am there... We will find out if the security guards are that pathetic because I will hop the rail and I will charge the ring, Andrew. <laughs> Not Matt Millen? No, nah, Matt, Matt Patricia's worse for me because Matt Millen is kind of like... Oh, wow. <sighs> Matt Millen was like the one who shot you in the chest and left you for dead. Matt Patricia came and pooped in your gaping wound. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now, I know, I know AT&T is not involved with Time Warner anymore because of the, the Discovery merger like we comprehensively talked about yeah. but AT&T does like to do ad spots for Raw, Smackdown and Dynamite. Oh, I know where you're going with the Stafford commercial. They love the Matthew Stafford commercial because it gets a lot of airplay and it's a really funny commercial yeah. but do you get tired of hearing it every single day? No I like it. I'm a huge Stafford fan though like I'm I'm totally happy with it. For those that don't know the commercial where Matthew Stafford basically alludes to the fact that he still loves Detroit even though he won a Super Bowl somewhere else. Right yeah. Talks about like upgrading his phone, how it can work out perfectly, and kind of winks to the camera. So, uh, Matthew Stafford and Kelly. Stafford. That's how I feel about, it, and that's how I feel in wrestling right now. I'm yeah. Like, you know what, NXT, you were, I loved you. You were kind of fun. 
but this is better. Bye. Right. <laughs> uh, Matthew and Kelly Stafford were in Detroit recently, and Kelly Stafford said publicly, she said, I told Matt that when he retires, he has to go back to the Lions to finish his career for his last contract. So, mm. uh, Yeah, at least she's not doing the uh, Mahomes thing where, like, uh, <laughs> uh, that's a Ty Conti situation where, like, you can oh. become so overbearing and TikTok-y yeah. that people just hate the shit Man, out that's, of Man, that's the characters you. they should – That's what Mahomes' wife is. That would be a really good storyline to do, like, a like a Patrick Mahomes babyface – but saddle him with like an unlikable girl and like an unlikable brother, like Patrick Mahomes' brother Jackson. Like, I think that'd be a pretty fun storyline. Oh for, my for wrestling to to replicate. Well, they did the opposite back in the late '90s with Mark Marrow and Sable. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Now we can kind of flip it. Yeah. But the thing is, they're going to be like, "Oh my God, you're triggering all these women by having this likable <laughs> man, but this hateable woman, so misogynistic." Right. I don't know. Right, let's get a couple more questions before we get out of here for the night. Uh, Andrew, this is one I, I wrote. If Butcher started doing mixed tags with Britt Baker, so we have Butcher and Baker, who could fill the role of candlestick maker? So the Butcher, the Baker, <laughs> and the candlestick. Oh, it would have to be the House of Black. Oh, oh that's it would true. Be one, it would be because they love the occult, so you have yeah, to have that. And the lights go wax. out, but instead of a spotlight, it's just a candle. <laughs> Yeah, and they could pour it on Britt Baker the way that Madonna did to that guy in Body of Evidence. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh, I listen. I was uh, I was just the right age for the movie Body of Evidence. Let's just say that. Uh, to to tell you how far along we've come in controversies, the most controversial movie scene when we were young was that Madonna had a sex scene where they didn't even show the sex. She poured candle wax on somebody's chest. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, "This is debauchery." Yeah. Uh, and today, that today, it's like, "That's not debauchery." I think cutting somebody's head open with a pizza slicer is debauchery. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, okay, we've got two more questions. Uh, I like this one. Uh, so we talked about the WWE name change thing, and just to recap, um, they're changing all their guys' names, and <coughs> the reasoning there is. Uh, if they leave the WWE and hit the indie scene or AEW, they can't use those names. So what is the stupidest indie wrestler name you can give yourself to ensure that Vince will make you change your name if you go to WWE? Uh, I like your pick. Tell us, okay. tell us your name. And I got to back up. So okay. my my main pick is take a shitter. <laughs> So is that like a is that like a foreign wrestler? <laughs> so I actually saw this one. We you made a joke about him a few, like a month ago, but Kanasuke Takshita. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is at, he is now back from DDT. He is back. So he is now in Dark Elevation. I guess he's going to be involved somehow. Maybe he's going to be on Forbidden Door or somewhere. Cool. Okay. But uh, yeah, take a shit up. like yeah. that. You're gonna have to. And I'll give you another one that's going to be kind of easy. Vince McMahon. Dude, that was my answer. My... That was the one I was going to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you have a backup of your own? Uh, my backup would be Mint Vic Van. Kazarni. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> no, that's, that's, a, that's one you should just, give, give me, Okay, give me a wrestler that Vince hated that failed, like a project that failed, oh. so that when it comes back, he's like, ah! That didn't work. We're not going to do that. Yeah. Oh, man. That's kind of... Like Bastion Booger? 
or what was that big muscle guy that Bret Hart made look great all those years? Tom McGee. You know? Oh, Tom McGee. Yeah. Tom I McGee. thought that's Ezekiel. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's Ezekiel's uncle. Ezekiel McGee. <laughs> how about how about I can't believe I just like I believe I pulled ESP and I figured out the name of Indie <laughs> fake Indie. How about the name Kennedy Ooh, McVince? Take... <laughs> that sounds like something something Mark's, smart Mark Sterling would say. It would have to be something too, very right. kind of very Kizarni, no pun intended. It would have to be something like um Gorilla Position. Oh, like if my name yeah. was Gorilla Position, they'd yeah. have a DJ. Gorilla Morella. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be yeah. Well, yeah. remember Santino, you know, they did that as a, as a tribute, so yeah. Mm, Christian. If I call myself Christian, he's like, ah, that can't get over. Right. <laughs> uh, non-denominational Christian. <laughs> All right, we got we got one more question. Uh, what is the? This is a good one. What is the most awkward quote walk into the room moment involving watching pro wrestling with a family member? Uh, yours is a pretty good one, so I'll let you go first. <clears throat> oh wow! So I was still when I was in college. I was still living with my parents. I know, just me, and um. <laughs> And I was watching Raw in 2002, and it was the Kane-Triple H feud, and they did the Katie Vick thing, where <laughs> Triple H is in the mask, and he's pretending to, I guess, sodomize a dead Katie Vick in a casket in church. <laughs> like, And I'm at this point where, like we were talking about, where WWE, because they had changed their name by then, they at least felt to the point of, like, we can drill out whatever shit and people will still watch it. But the viewers were starting – they were starting to lose the viewers. But the, the product overall was still good. Raw was really bad, which is what I was watching at this point. Mm-hmm. And my mom walks in with laundry <laughs> right when she says, I just fucked your brains out. <laughs> and my mom, like, did this thing. And I'm sure your parents done this with you too where they just look at the screen. They look at you. You just kind of res- resignedly yeah, say, to, like, I know. They don't have to say anything. And they just walk away. Yeah, and it, it that that was it. <laughs> yep, yep. There's others though. <laughs> yeah, for me, I couldn't think of one specific, but I mean, growing up through the Attitude Era, like I was 18, 19 years old, when basically brawn panties matches were happening every single week. And what's funny is my dad was a wrestling fan, so my dad would watch Raw too, which is kind of awkward to watch with your dad. But then, like, my mom would come in sometimes, and she'd be like, why are you guys watching this? These women don't wear anything. We're like, we're watching for the wrestling. And then all of a sudden, Sable rips off loose clothes, you know. So it's kind of like, <laughs> like we would always say we didn't care about that stuff. We liked the wrestling, which was true. I mean, we liked the wrestling. But then it just seemed inevitable whenever my mom would also, complain about but it. But it's also yeah. – it- it's also osmosis in the family household. So, like, if you're watching wrestling all the time, your parents, even even if they're ashamed of it secretly, they they know that they support you as a son. So they'll just like let you go. Right. So they're just kind of like used to almost to the point where they know who they are because yep. they just like like I don't watch Big Brother, but I know which ones are going to be the ones that are going to get kicked out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because yeah. my my wife my wife watches it all the time. You just learn by osmosis. So like my dad would watch it with me, but not like pay close attention. But he got to a point where he kind of knew who the wrestlers were and such and such. And I do have this great moment uh, when we watched the Goldberg Hogan match together, mm-hmm. where he really wanted to see it. That's and cool. that's like that's you know a moment is a big moment. Yeah. Like 
um, when a casual you know, is like, as, yeah, you know, you you know, our 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 dads are gone, but like you know, there you have those moments that you always share, and you want to <laughs> have those moments with yours. I remember I watched a. Um, I remember I watched Bailey and Sasha Banks with my daughter, mm, yeah, and she cool. loved it. I like, t- loved it. I uh, I got my son, my oldest son, for Christmas one year. I got two tickets for me and him to drive to Pittsburgh for the Royal Rumble. And it was the 2014 Royal Rumble, the one that the fans were convinced Ryan was going to win, and he wasn't even in it. And <laughs> the entire <laughs> arena crapped over everything for the last hour. <laughs> but you know what? Like, Does he like wrestling? You know, he's a casual. Like, he likes AEW. He'll sit down and watch it with me sometimes. And he really loves CM Punk. Uh, he loves... I can tell you who Isaac loves. He loves CM Punk. He hates Eddie Kingston, bizarrely. He's like, I hate that guy. That guy sucks. Like, I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, he, he loves anybody who flies, you know, like Dante Martin and stuff like that. Yeah. So, he's casual. When they come to Detroit, he's going to go with me. And I know he's going to enjoy it, so... Because yeah, he's at the age of that same question that was posed on the previous episode of, like, if you were 16, what would you have thought of it? Right. Like, and, you know, you, you always try to think, oh, you know, it's through my daughter's eyes would be how I feel. But, you know, they're all independent. They all think their own thing. Sure. But there's also YouTube. So we yep. have the same YouTube account. Yeah. So she actually knows, like, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and, like, people like that on EW because you see – you scan the related videos while you're looking at – Sis versus bro, or some random crappy <laughs> ass kids. <laughs> you know. So yeah, by like I said, by osmosis, you learn things. Yeah, you, know? yep. you just bring it in. Yep, from living with each other. So yeah. So even uh, if it's Triple H uh, sodomizing a corpse. Right. Exactly. Oh my gosh, Andrew! Late breaking news. Hang on. Just been handed a note. It's been told to check Twitter. Hang on. Oh my gosh. Dixie Carter has purchased the funeral home that Katie Vick was. Was uh, was molested in? <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Someone get a bit of tissue. <laughs> <laughs> For those who are really deep dive TNA people, you get that joke. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's about it for us tonight, man. Uh, couple weeks wrapped up in a couple hours is hard to do. I feel like we always listen out, but T- uh, not TNA. Uh, AEW is just so jam packed. Like I felt. I'm almost to a point where I'm like impressed and I feel bad for Excalibur every week when he does the rundown of stuff to look forward to. Oh my god. He's the like god the old West micro machines guy. Yeah. Do you remember the old micro machine commercials? The guy who just Yeah, do you you wanna hear a crazy you wanna hear another crazy fact? That dude was involved in Watergate. Really? Wow. Hmm. He was one of the Watergate burglars. The the micro machines The micro machines guy. Wow. So yes. that seven minutes of phone call could have been like 18 million words spoken. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should have Mike Lindell do the rundown and give Excalibur a break. <laughs> uh, that, that would be my indie wrestler name, Mike Lindell. <laughs> well, let me tell you. if You know how they have State Farm as the first sponsor of the opening after the opening segment? If the first sponsor is Mike Pillow... I am definitely not watching Dynamite. Yeah, if, this if, show is over. If my pillow commercials start <laughs> popping up, then uh, they might be getting canceled sooner than we realize. So, until then, I guess we got to enjoy it for what we can. So, <clears throat> but yeah, Andrew, as always, pleasure to talk to you. I'm glad you're back from vacation. Glad that uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean oh, did not overtake you or anything like that. Uh, oh yeah, I, the star ratings. Yeah, I, I will. I, I do have a dud. Okay. The Carousel Progress oh, is yeah. a big time dud. There is a fun. Oh, little... that's the one with Tom Hanks with the robotics. Yeah. We also got stuck on it. Oh, really? 
Ew. Tom Hanks, stop working. <laughs> Did you do the Hall of Presidents? I did it twice. It was my favorite one. Okay. So there's a conspiracy. I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory out there. Uh, I'll have to send you a video afterwards. But there's a theory out there that Disney was so convinced that Hillary Clinton was going to win the election that they started making her animatronic. But then Trump won. And rather than make a new one, they just kind of altered the Hillary one that they already had. And so if you look at video. Correct. It's incorrect? Incorrect. Okay. I was (laughs) going to say, if you look at the Trump one, people say it looks strikingly similar to Hillary Clinton. I call BS. Um, Me and Emily, my wife, talked about that. We said how a lot of the statues did not look like presidents. Donald Trump looked like Donald Trump. Okay. Maybe they changed it then. It was pretty exact. Okay. Maybe they they, they changed it. I don't know. I mean, this this is after 2027. You know, I was looking for Tony Khan. I could not find that president. (laughs) How was the Jack Tunney one? Was that one pretty good? (laughs) Jack Tunney. I think that was Rutherford B. Hayes. (laughs) (laughs) That's another good indie name you could use. He was trying to figure out how they could get Hulk Hogan into the title. (laughs) I heard heard if you take off the suit on the Trump animatronic, he's just wearing a t-shirt that says Thump. <laughs> Junkyard dog is the best dog. He's a big dog, wonderful dog. Does lots of great things. <laughs> yes, Michael. Michael P.S. Hayes. Both sides. Both sides. There's a lot of trouble on both sides in Bad Street. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh gosh. All right. Before we get into any trouble, before I get our boss in any trouble, thank you, Justin. Thank you, Scott, for letting us uh, do this wild thing for so many weeks. Uh, for those who have been listening with us all along Thank the way, you. we appreciate it. Uh, go ahead and like and subscribe to the North-South Connection podcast feed. There's, As always, there's so much wrestling content. And not just wrestling. There's also some non-wrestling stuff on there you can listen to. But uh, there's a lot of cool stuff to listen to. And we do appreciate you taking time out of your day or your drive to listen to us ramble about AEW. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Andrew, we'll see you then. See you. Yeah, to you.